I wish I knew how to quit you. Then why don't you? This is Codependent Content, a podcast where my partner and I discuss the TV shows, movies, and video games in which we've formed an unhealthy relationship. My name is Matthias, and my co-host is Shannon Riley. Join us each week as we try to make sense of the media we continually give our hearts against our better judgment, and commiserate with us as we struggle and fail to let go of the characters, stories, and worlds that we are entangled with. Because just when we think we're done with content, it draws us back in. Hello, Shannon. Hello. Welcome back to Star Whales. Mm. And and with Ahsoka as a sidekick uh, is what this new show is called. It's just Star Whales, all Star Whales, all the time, uh, plus Ahsoka. Um, Shannon, I hate to say it, but uh, uh, the Empire is dead. Long live Thrawn. I'm all, I'm team. <laughs> He's back, baby. heir to the empire uh uh this is uh i'm more excited about that than other things this episode same (laughs) let's talk about it uh shannon (laughs) um before we get started on this episode let's go over a little bit of feedback as usual we have the the best followers give us all the lore dumps all the things i'm not going to go over everything but uh i will go over this some of the details that Kevin gave us this week. Okay. Uh, or I should say last week after he uh, listened to the podcast. And these are the things I'm going to bring up regarding Jason. Mm. We talk about Jason. Okay. Um, and I, and the reason I'm bringing a lot of these up is because I, you know, either we can have further discussion about it or we can confirm or deny, or we can just get another perspective of what other people see. Um, but I found this one pretty interesting. From Kevin, I think this is confirmation that Jason is force sensitive, and I just assume Jason extended his senses so that Hera would hear it as well, like he brought her to what he was hearing. There is a Legends character named Jason Solo, we've talked about this, also known as Darth Cadus, who had a very similar ability concerning his hearing. This may be a Filoni ad- adapt. This may be Filoni adapting some Legends material into canon as he has done before. Um, he goes on to say Hera's reluctance of Jason becoming a Jedi is because of sacrifices that are Jedi meant to make for the greater good. Hera's had to watch her loved ones, both being Jedi, make sacrifices to save everyone. She's likely haunted by these sacrifices and would rather Jason not uh, never have to be in that position. That's that's uh, pretty much confirmation. I was interested in the fact that I, while I knew that Jason Solo existed, and obviously Jason is a character that is either an homage to um, or just a nod to uh, uh, the Jason Solo, if not maybe supposed to be taking on those characteristics. We have no idea. The, only the future can tell that, and whether or not Disney or Filoni or whoever wants to bring that into like a full canon experience. But there's a lot of things we don't know about Force powers. We talked about whether or not he was Force-sensitive, whether or not this is the place or whatever, like was it the place reaching out to him or was it him reaching out to the force? And if so, how could Harry hear it? But force hearing is not something I'd ever thought about or heard about. And that's yeah. interesting. There's a lot of things, obviously we don't know about the force. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that pretty much can, whereas I was more on the skeptical side of whether or not he was force sensitive because we're still not getting 
a clear confirmation of that. Like mm-hmm. a bad feeling is not always, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe this is a actual force power that he was un- unknowingly using. Uh, and maybe that shows also what kind of uh, Boken eh, he will be uh, in terms of how he uses his force powers in the future. If he's like more empathetic, more sensitive to the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think? I, again, didn't even like consider that because I didn't know that it was available to me. I think that's really interesting though. And I like the idea of being powerful enough within the force to include other people in what's going on. So if he has, if he has the ability to tap into something deeper and then also the ability to bring other people into that knowledge, I think that's really special. And then I wonder too, like since Ahsoka, the show Ahsoka talks about, you know, the force residing in everybody, then is that, is that like the you can communicate with the force because the force is in with all of us. So if one person has a better handle on it, it's like we can all go for along for the ride if someone can drive. And if he like pulled out a little bit of that connectivity in her. Yeah. I a lot of force powers I feel like even in with good intentions end up being not I'll just say it about taking things, right? Um, in essence, like even like a force push is kind of taking you aback, right? In, in a way, right? Yeah. You know, like there's things that are like it's about memories or, uh, you know, um, uh, manipulating things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the force grab or force pull. You know, you got to get a hold of something, you know, and obviously move things around or whatever. The fact that this force can be used to also give maybe feelings or emotions or give images or give senses, you know, mm-hmm. is, is pretty interesting. I'm trying to think if there's an equivalent that I've seen within star Wars, um, that, uh, we, that we might've seen maybe the closest is the last Jedi doing like the force conversations, being able to connect with each other over, um, distances you know and kind of be in the room uh being able to talk to someone things like that uh there at the very least most of the time when we see force powers used it's in matters of like desperation or whatever and then even last week when we saw um ahsoka doing her force looking for the memories and trying to figure out what happened in this place we hadn't really seen much of that before it's kind of it's implied that that would be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Like we, we get that. That doesn't seem yeah. like out of the ordinary, but even that felt like different from the way we normally see force powers being used. Um, that was, that was even commentary that I made that mm-hmm. after she comes back, quote unquote, she's engaging with the force in a different way that mm-hmm. I think perfectly touches what you're capturing. If the force is more, if the way that the the way we've seen Jedi use the Force is a little more aggressive, this seems mm-hmm. more of a like connection or like a an, almost an emotional way to use the Force. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So making me for some reason think of like those poor stormtroopers that were just looking for those droids and just doing their job, and then Obi Wan being like, "These are not the droids you're looking for." Is like how manipulative, you know, yeah. that we are that we can just 
gaslight someone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what gives you the power or the right to do that, actually? And that's why I think Jedi are so interesting because... Or, or or force users are so interesting because depending upon where your alignment is, like you're either manipulating for the greater good or what you think is the greater good. That's that's yeah. That's a bigger conversation that I wanted to have right now. Is that gaslighting? Get in the comments. <laughs> Let us know. Um, uh, he also mentions that uh, this chaotic free version of Ahsoka reminds me so much of the Clone Wars Ahsoka before the framing and her leaving the order. I'm happy to see her like this. So something that we were picking up on, I think was, was very clear. I can't wait to see more of Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. We didn't get too much of it this episode, obviously, because yeah. we had a whole episode focusing, um, on her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was some, some cool stuff there. We also got a lot of comments on TikTok, like misunderstanding things. I don't always want to talk, like try and defend the st stupid stuff, but we get it. We do understand that she was 14 in the Clone Wars. That feeling, ne that idea never went over our heads. It is just that when you visualize that in a different way, it becomes more real, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's weird that people took problems with that. Yeah. And then some of you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> what, what happened to you? <laughs> what? You had a, what? No? Nothing? No, I, I agree completely. I just, I think sometimes people really want to hear just something fucked up and it's like it's really not what it is i'm saying exactly what i think which is seeing a for a young woman play a young character hits differently than seeing an animated version of a character mm -hmm. in anime in like sailor moon even like those are teenage girls mm -hmm. right if you watched it in the live action and we saw them as like 12 or 13 year old girls they would look and feel differently than they do in the anime yeah you wouldn't those transformations would hit different. <laughs> so, so it's not, it's not being creepy. I'm like, Oh, she's a 14 year old girl or like, Oh no, I didn't realize she was a 14 year old girl. It's like, nah, dude, you're just seeing like, you're really able to visualize it. And the actress too, like she's, she's small, she's short, she's small. So I feel like against Hayden Christensen as well. So sure. that dynamic is really impactful because when I was 14, I was five, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. So me at 14 looks different than she does at 14. She's a, a small, a smaller young woman. So yeah, I think, you know, listen, just listen, just listen to the words that are happening. But yeah, for confirmation, no, Matias and I are not trying to prey on 14 year old animated. I girls wasn't even going to like put that in anyone's head, but okay. <laughs> Motherfuckers on TikTok are really trying me. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a, a little bit of feedback from last week's episode. Again, a episode that, uh, was, I think, a lot of fun. Brought a lot more people into the fold. I think just being able to see Anakin again was just a cool yeah, so moment. Dope. Being able to see war visualized in a different way and to see it from a perspective of like hindsight and from a child's perspective especially was hard-hitting. Um, and I thought it was great to finally delve into those deeper discussions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that said, why don't we talk a little bit about what else we've been doing or consuming in terms of content? Uh, Shannon, you've been really excited about this one. Here I think go. you came home 
and without telling me anything, immediately started downloading uh, Gate a 3. game you bought and <laughs> Baldur's Gate three y'all forced me to not be working and just play. So <laughs> I said, sit down for eight and a half hours and play with me. And Matias said, say less. Anyone else out there on the Baldur's Gate three train? Because if you are, slide into our DMs immediately. I love, I love the game. I'm having so much fun with the game. Uh, when we were doing The Last of Us, I was saying to our audience that, like, I'm not a gamer. I don't consider myself a gamer. I had never been interested in gaming or understand uh, or understood, like, that there could be different games just besides first shooter type of thing, which I'm still not really interested in. First person shooter. See, I don't even know, and I don't care. So that's fine. But... So I played The Last of Us because the story was beautiful and perfect and I watched Matias play it. And I was like, I'm never going to find a video game that I like this way. And I still haven't. But then I played Stray and Stray was cute. I got to be a little cat and fight some things. So that was fun. But Baldur's Gate with the fucking D&D aspect. And I am playing, we are playing on Explorer mode. So I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go too crazy. It's so much fun. You just like roam around and explore and do things. And I can control the camera way better now. And I'm like learning how to play my class better. And everyone's really hot and it's annoying. And I've never, I've never sat down in front of a, a screen for eight straight hours and just played a game with hyper focus. And this is the first time I've ever done that. And honestly, it's really fun. And then I dreamt about it that last, that night. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, Matisse, you want to play some more? And he was like right on board with me. So yeah, we're playing through, uh, we just finished act one of, of Baldur's Gate three. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm loving it. We didn't get to play yesterday and I'm like itching. I'm like, get done editing tonight fast Matias so we can play. And he's like, I have so much to do. Please let me work. I don't know what the story is. All she wants to do is flirt with the character. So it doesn't matter what the story is. The story is the friends you make along the way. Always. Okay. Number one, number two, everyone in the game is hot. So, yeah, we should flirt with everyone. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3, have you heard of it? Is is that something you're interested in? <laughs> and, okay, so now yeah. I'm deciding what I want to be for Halloween because I really like making costumes for Halloween. And now I'm like, do I want to go balls out for something Baldur's Gate 3, Baldur's Gate 3 and be like Carlock or Shadowheart or the the magic guy? I feel like if I went as a magic guy, people would just think I was Dr. Strange. So I probably wouldn't go as him. Probably one of the girls. Or what's her name? Minerva? Mink? I don't know. I ki we killed her. I didn't know that she could be a companion. Anyway, it's really fun. I really, I really like it. Matias, are you enjoying it despite not knowing exactly what the story is? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, good. I'm having a fucking blast. So Baldur's Gate 3. Five stars. Haven't finished the game, but five stars. Great. Uh, so that's what we've been consuming. Not much else <laughs> beyond that. As always, I've been editing D and D content. You can go watch that on Tables D twenty, um, and uh, just generally laying low, trying to figure out job situations, Life. stuff like that. So, yeah. um, only murders in a building is back. So uh, we're watching that, and I think it's and Foundation finished, and so that mm. no longer no longer get to talk about Foundation, but still go watch those things. Um, we're about, to, well, I think we're about to be running dry on content, Shannon. I think the strikes and the stuff is about to be hitting hard. Yeah. Uh, who knows? After Loki, I'm like, what am I, what am I going to watch? When does Loki come out? October 5th. Well, it's so like next week, two, two weeks, weeks, 
Man. Okay. So. Like basically right after right Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Great. So I guess we're talking about Loki next. So we'll probably talk about Loki. <laughs> so there that there's that. Uh, if there's anything to talk about, who knows? Um, Marvel content is always like hit or miss. But if there's nothing else going on, we'll yeah, we'll jump on that train. Uh, so yeah, if you are new to the podcast, again, this is codependent content. You can always email us at codependentcontent at gmail.com if you also have things you want to talk to us about or if we say anything wrong in the next two hours or however long this is going to be, feel free to let us know. Uh, that said, we spoil everything. So if you haven't seen uh, Ahsoka episode six, far, far away, you should probably go- get far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're gonna we're gonna spoil the we're gonna spoil the episode. That was um, good. That was good. Uh, we're we're not going to we're not going to hold back. In fact, I probably already spoiled at the top. I do not remember. Oh yeah. Um, but that that's it. Sorry, were you here now? Sorry. Uh, and you know, if you're here for the conversation, then enjoy the ride, Shannon. Woo. You know, I I said. That the most exciting thing is Thrawn. Yes. Uh, I alluded it to it earlier, but Shannon, we finally, finally got the answer to all of our burning questions. We have a word. Oh. Boken. In, in a sentence, Boken Jedi. Those <laughs> definitions, those who are trained in the wild... So Balin says it. We yeah. finally have a word, Shannon. People, yeah. y'all people were mad at me. It's like, you just call them dark force user or light force or, or just say Jedi or Sith or whatever. Like, nope, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something and to identify. And that, Boken. Boken. Boken Jedi. <laughs> and it's not, don't, it's not also the other one is Boken Sith. It's just, just call them Boken. It's what they are. They don't follow an order. They're doing their own thing. It's kind of wild. It's kind of whatever. Until another order comes along and decides, you know what? Let's rein this in a little bit. They are called Boken. It's like, what's wrong with it? It's Boken. That's what it reminds me. That's what it... <laughs> They're Boken Jedi. They're... Bo- oh, oh, we gotta... They're so Boken. We gotta... We gotta put them back together. That's, oh. Yeah, so when I heard it, I wasn't like, oh, that's a cool name i'm like oh they're poking <laughs> oh you heard it here first oh it's a bean poking all <laughs> oh portion is poking oh oh poor that explains <laughs> he's like no you're something else <laughs> he's like fuck it we're not calling it you're anymore. fixed oh no <laughs> wait <laughs> Oh, man. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, we catch up where we left off with the whales uh, going through hyperspace, and in their mouth is a spaceship. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not that funny. I'm sorry. With Ahsoka and Hu Yang. Uh, Yang. And there's a... <laughs> I'll just say it. This is kind of cheesy, but it was a cute moment. You know, when they have their little conversation, they talk about what's been happening and 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 what they, you know, they're realizing Sabine went willingly and all that kind of stuff. And then she's like, you know what, go ahead and tell me one of those stories. One of those stories I thought we, we you know, that I'm sure 
is a reference to the fact that we are getting the Acolyte later, things like that. We're going to hear these stories, I'm sure. Actually, Acolyte doesn't take place that long ago, so we'll see. But then to begin his story, he says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, what do you, what did you think of this? What do you think of the scene, Shannon? What do you think of this I, little dynamic? I love Hu Yang. Yes, we know. So uh, this was, it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. like a little nod to what I thought would be four, five, six, as they were the first three. But now I'm like, is he talking about actual episodes one, two, and three? Like, which trio are we alluding to when Hu Yang we're is not, like... We're not. He's he's alluding to, like, thousands of years. Oh, yeah. I know that. I just thought the writing, like, I thought that was Filoni's little nod to, like, a, a trio of movies. And I wasn't sure if it was the 80s movies or the, like, 2000s. Or I guess not at all. I don't think so. I okay, think great. You, <laughs> why would... Who, no, I don't think so at all. Um, so, but please... Elaborate what yeah, the thought is, because <laughs> I'm confused on like what what that is. What did that tell you? What was that? What homage did that give you? I um yeah. I just I thought it was his way of nodding to like the trio of movies that inspired him and like brought him into the universe. Yeah, maybe. And then just the fact that we get like, you know, a galaxy far far away. It's like, oh, this is just we're just celebrating very metally the fact that like we we love the Star Wars universe, we love these stories and we're all we're all here to hear these stories. And we do it a little later too with Balin talking about like cycles of yeah. So, I just yeah. there's a, there's a couple things in this episode that are, that feel like that, like meta nods to the Star Wars universe. And I thought that was one of those moments for me. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's definitely, I guess, possible. Uh, you know, first of all, I blame the internet. <laughs> we have to look for Easter eggs and everything. Like, I don't. <laughs> so, That's fair. Sure, if you find a reference in something that I'll, doesn't. I'll find, um, I'll find anything yeah, when I there's mean, nothing. Listen, if that makes you feel good, that's great. And when you say it like that, though, I don't feel like the moment is earned to me. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a cute moment. It was like fun uh, that we get like a little bit of a meta moment understanding there. Uh, I, I don't quite feel that it earned its its place there, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe in a different property you know, where I was already enjoying the ride and feeling this wave of nostalgia and feeling. And then, you know, they ended the episode on something like that. I would have been like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> but here that wasn't yeah. happening. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't particularly, I never once crossed my mind, the original trilogy or anything mm-hmm. that that's what they were referring to. I was more interested in the fact of like, he's, he mentioned some stories and clearly he's talking about something that happened like a long time ago. And I'm like, I want to hear these stories. Yeah. Like, I want to hear a story. I was like, what is he talking about? Like what? Cause I'm always curious about the things that came before and the history, because we don't have a lot of that yeah. or maybe we have some of it, but yeah, we don't actually get to visualize it and stuff. And I wanted it to also tie into what she's trying to do now, you know, especially when Balin and Shin talk about the cycles you know, mm-hmm. and breaking the cycle and like how like this is just history always repeating and that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. how Balin views things, which I really love. Uh, 
And again, maybe that's what they were trying to do is like show the same thing, but they didn't give us a story. So I was like, right. oh man, I wanted to hear it. So I was more focused on that than what the metatextual context of, of any of that, Yeah, you know? And, it, but I, that the reason I like it is that we do need to acknowledge that there is probably a rich history here, um, whether unwritten or unrealized should be, needs to be acknowledged and, and shown, you know, yeah. and that we need to always remember that even though that we're in this one time of place in this 30 year, 60 year time gap and we're always in, mm-hmm. you know, that that is such a blip in the entirety of Star Wars, you yeah. know, of th- this entire galaxy or universe or whatever you want to call it, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, I'm so interested in what Hu Yang knows, you know, yeah. if a book came out about like the stories that Hu Yang tells, you know, um, it's, it's hard to fathom and I'm interested in that, but I yeah. also like that. It makes me feel that these stories are almost like fables sure. too. And, and you get to visit. Story these- is a synonym for fable. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like the, the, dog that looks in the water and takes the bone even though he had a bone like whatever that's called like yeah it's a story but it's also a fable because it teaches a lesson sure um but when he's talking to ahsoka in the beginning about what's the planet's name is it paridia paridia actually i don't know yeah i don't remember i'll look it up but um he speaks about the planet like that being some of the first context of the stories that he knows that this was something that almost existed outside of time and that people thought was more myth than like true story. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he first starts talking uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was like, wow, his memory goes so far back. Like he has knowledge of almost the beginning of the way that we kind of document time. Mm-hmm. And that would be incredibly interesting to learn from him. And mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. We can't, I, that would be a cute kid show too. If like every week who Yang tells you a different story of just like, and it's just all star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my little note. And then let me just look up the name of that planet. Cause it's going to piss me off. <laughs> well, um, the one thing that I'm a little bit annoyed because we get this scene and then the second scene, we talked about it. We alluded to this, but this is like, okay, do I want, how much science do I want to put into star Wars? Because we do know that, the science is the least thing that George Lucas cared about in terms of star Wars. I get it. But both of these scenes back to back of them going through hyperspace and getting to the planet. um, While really cool. It was always like, it was, I was always going to be curious about this. How long does it take to get from one galaxy to another in star Wars? What is the travel time here? And it seems to be not very long. Because as indicated by both, even though they might have time to tell a story, maybe we got like 15, 20 minutes or something. You know, they had enough time to put Sabine into a um, prison, but, you know, they don't have time to sit down to eat a meal. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Hu Yang and Ahsoka don't have time to just go back to and fuss around and go chill and like eat a snack or take a nap or whatever, <laughs> clearly. So it's because it's not going to take that long. If right. you were telling me it's going to be take hours or maybe days, I would imagine that they'd be somewhere else on the ship than just standing there so, yeah. at the front, just waiting. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's just a little annoying to me that it clearly only takes, you know, a few minutes or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is not. 
<laughs> it's uh it doesn't take it doesn't take me out of Star Wars. I'm fine no. with it, you know. Especially when they say that it as soon as we learned that it was a migration path, mm-hmm. I assumed because I think of like birds and monarch butterflies and like it doesn't take them 20 minutes to fly their migration path so i was assuming that at least a little bit amount of time days yeah i would take i would imagine it would take a few days and i wish they had presented it as such in my head the only uh thing i'm curious about is if ahsoka lands on that planet Roughly when they're finished unloading the bodies from the catacombs, then we know that it took them about three days to make the journey. Possibly. Yeah, that's true. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing because they mentioned it's going to take three days. And I'm wondering if that's our little marker of like maybe three days are going to pass in this time period. Mm -hmm. So we can see when Ahsoka shows up and see if we can figure out any star will travel after that. Yeah, that's true. We, we haven't seen Ahsoka arrive and the Pergils arrive yet. So it's quite possible that we just skipped the three days and the, with the yeah. other people. And then, we didn't need to see and, it. Uh, um, they were just waiting cause they were getting close or something. Mm-hmm. It, but when you again, present it as here they are and they haven't left their spot. Right. <laughs> you know, especially when Ahsoka and, who Yang start their journey, I'd be like, well, I got three hours. I'm going to go make some coffee. You know, I'd yeah. feel like I would be having this conversation. We're not even driving anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're at the will of the Pergils right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, go sit in a more comfortable spot in my, <laughs> in my view. Um, uh, have this conversation elsewhere. I felt like that was just a, to me kind of awkward or weird just because they wanted to utilize the window of the, yeah. Hyperspace, I guess, or whatever. But now I did like the the pairing action of seeing the Pergils uh like flying through space mm-hmm. and then seeing the bones make the ring of the planet. I thought that yeah. was cool. It's like, oh, we really do get like the majesty of these whales, even when they're dead and their bones were huge, like they're still weirdly beautiful. It was cool to fly through the ring. Mm-hmm. Um so that was just a, an interesting visual note I wanted to add before mm-hmm. we move forward. Yeah, it's. I'm curious why there's no indication as to why Pergils come here, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be curious if we to die. Uh, so I'll be curious if we ever get any kind of like confirmation on that mm-hmm. or kind of more kind of lore on that thing. You know, it was a cool imagery, but I was like, okay, great. But there's first of all, like I think this is heavily based off of like the myth of the elephant graveyard which is a fun myth to me um uh we've uh i've had discussions and and ideas about the elephant graveyard that you know this is where all the elephants go and they find to die um there was once a an idea of presenting this as like oh the elephants because elephants never forget yeah um there was an idea that decades ago that i talked to someone about about like oh what if that's eden you know, that's mm. why they go there. Mm. Yeah. And cause they only knew of one place to go and that, and that they're the only ones that remember where Eden originally was. But again, the elephant graveyard is a myth. There's not like one place that they actually go. Mm-hmm. As far as I understand it, I haven't done that much research on it. Yeah. So it's like, so if you're telling us that this is sort of in that myth, like this is where Pergrills go to die. Like, why is that, you know, yeah. cool imagery yes. and all, but what is the reasoning 
in their mind or is it something about we do know that they talk about the power here or there's something else is that are they connected to that in some way and why is that you know so again just curious about what are the now I want to get in a discovery channel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yep. uh, which Disney also has a, uh, what national geographic or whatever. They have some, they, y'all can give us a little bit of a, a, a the Pergill migration scheme and, and how that all works. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Disney can handle that. Right. Absolutely. They did it with, get on it. They, if Apple could do it with prehistoric planet, I'm sure Disney can do it with <laughs> Pergills. Um, I would we, watch the shit more out of that. Star Wales content. That's, we really do. We're on the Star Wars bandwagon. That's really funny. You can't just raise these things and give us. We are Star Wars nerds. We're going to nitpick everything. Give um, me all your whale lore. But also Star Wars. Uh, okay, so they get to the planet. Mm-hmm. They um, talk to some <laughs> witches. This is the origin of the Dathmari. Or is Dathmari Des- is the uh, pl- uh, their home? Dathomir is the home. Dathomir so. is well. Dathomir was the old the home in the other. But then when right. they were talking about it here, she mentioned a different word, right? The the original Dathomir or something like that. Um, so I can't remember. <laughs> no, it's okay. They're they're definitely called Dathomari. Um, okay. Whatever the name of the planet is, I can't pronounce it. It's P E R I D E A, and I don't remember hearing it, so I'm going to call it Peridia. Paradia, whatever, uh, was once the witch kingdom of the Dathomari. Mm-hmm. So this was the original home. And now we get to meet the, the they three clearly migrated. Yes. Um, it was cool seeing uh, the ruins in a better light, not as, mm-hmm. as ruined, clearly. I don't know how this one was well-maintained by only three witches and the other one magic uh what <laughs> wasn't uh but clearly the ruins are nothing more than a telephone booth um so that they can talk to each other <laughs> okay. Come here. so we have plenty of those ruins in our world too uh-huh. uh, telephones <laughs> booths don't exist anymore and if you find one it probably doesn't have a working telephone but if you do find one and it works maybe you can talk to an ancient race <laughs> well i really like that for morgan mm-hmm. um this is a bigger concept that I want to tie into when we talk about Balin, but Morgan does seem to be a genuine supporter believer in Thrawn and like whatever the hell he's trying to do with his new order. Yeah. But the thing that really believably ties me to this plot is the fact that she is a survivor of the clone wars where we attacked her home planet and she lost her people in that war and now she's able to connect with the great mothers who are like in the original place of her original heritage. So I think that's kind of special if she is one of the only remaining Dathomir witches that we know of for her to connect to her ancestry and her heritage in this capacity. Because for whatever reason, the great mothers also really align with Thrawn. So I feel like that's that's like dual sided tape for her. There's like multiple. Maybe not only does she buy into his mindset, but also her community does as well. Yeah. There's, it's interesting. It's always going to be interesting to see how, because Thrawn is supposed to be a huge threat and he uses a lot of his, he doesn't have any connection with force. He's not a great 
warrior per se, but he's an amazing tactician. He's smart. And so it's going to be interesting how apparently these great mothers of this um, huge race on a planet that probably has some sort of immense power, like how he was able to basically get them to almost bow to him in in essence, you know? Um, I find it curious that they don't, um, speaking of like Thrawn getting there and whatever, we just jump Jump into it. Uh, We can talk, we can jump back and forth, I guess a little bit. Um, Never once do do we, of course we're going to understand like someone's going to mention they're clearly going to tell each other what's been happening. Mm-hmm. That that's clear, but no actual question of, um, it, you know, is the empire alive, you know, or is the, you know what I'm saying? Like who's, who's in charge. Right. Uh, I know he's more worried about getting home, but as a tactician, as someone who's the only living remnant of an actual empire force and owner of a star destroyer and clearly is still running things in a certain way, you would think that, He'd have some questions. Um, so I just find that interesting, you know, because yeah. even just hearing or knowing that like, hey, you are now the most decorated and the basically the heir again to the Empire mm-hmm. would be a, a a big moment. Maybe we're getting to that. I don't know, um, because, again, we that is. Kind of the the name of the book series where he was introduced and possibly something that's going to come along where he he gets that the the load of information mm-hmm. but yeah none of that exchanges things you know so you're right that is very interesting because mm-hmm. when he speaks about ahsoka his like tactician comes out and he's like i need to know everything about her mm-hmm. like spare no detail so uh i guess that leads me to believe like is there a way that he would already have this information he through might. the night sisters that's also true yeah um, um because but- you're right he would immediately if he's if his if intelligence is his game which it very clearly is like i let's talk about that entrance i loved it i know nothing about thrawn i've never seen thrawn before i don't know any lore about thrawn i'm just like this is some blue guy and everyone cares a lot about him and i don't know why mm-hmm. but the way that we meet him uh, the actor, I was like, oh, you carry this character really well. Like the the crisp white uh, pressed uniform against the like battered, uh, like fixed with gold stormtrooper or night trooper. It's, it was just such a cool night visual. Trooper, is that some, a name that you got somewhere else? In the captions. Oh, I didn't even notice that night cap night trooper. Okay, so, so that's interesting. I'm a, a, yeah, and that, I well, we can it. talk Let's about just, that later. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, just again, his and not just the way they were celebrating him. I was like, oh, okay, we're we're setting up because this is the big baddie. I get it. It looks visual cool. And he comes out, and I was like, oh, I get it. I'm like, I already can tell that there aren't m- many people, if any people, that could outthink or outmaneuver this person because he's got these like kind of dead calculating eyes and this quiet stillness in his body that I feel that people who are highly intelligent carry in themselves. Even when Benedict Cumberbatch was doing Sherlock, he was like, he talked about the way that he would hold his body differently because really intelligent people uh, and people on the spectrum, like they have stillness because all of the activities happening in their head. And I was like, Oh, that's just a really interesting concept to me that it's just, it's so much power right here that they have such a rich, aggressively busy internal world that that's where all of the energy happens. So it's almost like a shark. Like, I don't know. It was his arrival was really cool for me. And that what's it called? Like an Imperial 
starship. What what is it? His star destroyer. This is a star destroyer. I don't know what his star destroyer is called. It's like Bro. the Imperius or something. Wow. The introduction is really well done. That was beautiful. Yeah. To to feel the grand like just how big that ship was. That whole. That whole section really worked for me. I was like, oh, man. It was really cool. I, I thought the introduction of him was really well done. The entire time I was thinking, I was like, man, when they're making this journey, what horrors these guys might have seen? You know, what have they had to do to, like, survive and things like that? And you get the visual of the the Star Destroyer, as you said, be, kind of being beat up clearly from, like, the Pergils having, like, grabbed onto it and transported it this way. Um and the, again, the fact that something so big and so huge can have that damage, uh, but he's still obviously clearly managed to keep it running. You see the amount, the stormtroopers and how they've cobbled together things to make they're not as clean as they were before. And like still sitting here thinking like, man, what have these guys gone through? We talk later about the how their numbers have dwindled, you know, and he says that I'm like, man, that makes probably all of the people that are still here. Um, like the best of the best. Yeah. Like I don't want to deal with these people. Like the whatever they've seen, they could care less about whatever you throw at them because they they're like we we've, we've been through the ringer. And yeah. then the fact of him being again still so clean, still commanding, oh. still whatever. It's a very 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 good introduction. Yeah, the hair, the uniform. Yeah, what I will say the- though that the volume started to show its cracks oh. for me in in once. We get the Star Destroyer. It gets there. It's all looking great. The grandeur of it's all there. Once they get to the close-up of them being like actually inside the Star Destroyer, I can start seeing the volume. And for some reason, it just wasn't working for me. And I I, I don't know what it is. This mm-hmm. is sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I, I have some theories about it. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that like everything in the volume always ends up being like super flat surface. Um, and like hardly really clear elevation or whatever it just mm. feels. And therefore like there's something about the way that that happens. I don't know if it's the fact that we can, there's not, even though we have a background, the separation of it is not translating with the lens or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like the, in our eyes can tell that something's off, you know, mm-hmm. Which also doesn't make any sense because we were able to do it with blue screen and green screen. So, yeah. so it's just weird. It just didn't, it's, it's not a thing I'm nitpicking. I'm just trying to figure out like when I like it when it works. And then here I'm like, oh man, that took me out of it, unfortunately, even though the, everything was super, super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I love this introduction. I'm like, man, what is it about the volume? How do we perfect this and get it yeah. looking better? So it doesn't suddenly be like, oh, that's. That's not, that shot didn't work the way that the last one just did, you know? Um, What do you think of these stormtroopers? I. And Enoch. And Enoch, yeah. Yeah. I really like. Which is funny as I was just naming another character that, and now I have to take that (laughs) in my sci-fi. I really liked that their armor is fixed with gold because it reminds me of. Actually, I should talk about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. It reminds me of that practice. At least him. Yeah. No, all of them. Well, but his faceplate, he's the only one with the gold faceplate that I saw. Yeah, he's the only one with the gold faceplate, but mm-hmm. all of the other armor, if there's cracks in the armor, they're filled with gold. Right. The Yeah. Okay. Like all the stormtroopers, which I think is really interesting. It's something that I thought I caught during the episode. And then we meet Enoch and he has that gold face. Mm-hmm. And upon trying to remember, I was like, did I superimpose that because he had so much gold on him? And I went back, I looked for some pictures. Um, 
and and yeah, I was like, oh, they're all, and even parts of Thrawn's ship are fixed with gold or what yeah. looks like gold. Yeah. So I'm like, where'd you find this gold? Also, like, what does, what can we infer from that? What is the meaning of that? Because they can't even apparently like buff out their armor. They have this like dirty, crazy armor with these like beautiful streaks of gold in it. Oh, so you, you're bringing this up and you don't, you don't actually know. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where it's like once it becomes common knowledge, like everyone want, likes to use this bit of information. They're like, oh, that's what this is. Um, and you actually don't know. Right. So, um, so this is this has kind of been uh, seeded within the Star Wars universe, starting with the Rise of Skywalker. Remember in The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren breaks his helmet. Uh-huh. And in The Rise of Skywalker, they rebuild it. And they talked a lot about this... I'm not going to, I don't know the word it's, um, Katsugi or something. It's, it's the Japanese, um, term and the Japanese word for mending something, but retaining the cracks, retaining the, uh, the damage that's been done. Mm -hmm. So like you have a broken vase, um, to put the vase together, you don't, uh, um, make the cracks disappear. You, you infuse the cracks with gold and then put it back together uh, so that you embrace the brokenness of it, yeah. you know, so you still make it new, but I, it is a, I so this is something, a, so this is something that like, everyone's like, we're mostly familiar with because they couldn't yeah. stop talking about it with the behind the scenes when they talked about that helmet thing. Um, um, and, and ever since then, like, it's weird how something goes from being like obscure. It's like, Oh, I've never heard of that. And then once you hear it, people can't stop talking about it. like I hear it everywhere I see it it, mm. it keeps coming up over and over and over again you know yeah. um in in pop culture or whatever um and that clearly is what's kind of going on here mm-hmm. right is the idea yes where do they get all that gold but it's is is it more of cool imagery or is it more of yeah. like saying and what is it saying well it's saying that this is how they one they don't have the materials I'm because I'm curious about this too when we see that they have the right the the creatures that they ride on you know mm-hmm. and i was just thinking to myself i was like man where do they get materials to make a saddle or reins for this thing you know if it was like a wild animal right mm-hmm. and it's like they they are in a place that is alien to them that they no longer have the resources that they would have to be able to maintain anything mm-hmm. you know they're they're equipment their costumes their um uh, or uniforms or whatever like even down to like do they have to makeshift things do they have to go back to the days where they had to make their own resources you know and so i'm thinking about these things and that's what's clearly being told to me is that these uh soldiers and thrawn like they had to um make do with what they had. They no longer have any connection to the resources they once had. So they had to find something and to, and how that has shaped them into something new while still maintaining the old force that they were, Yeah, you know, let me show you a picture real fast. I'm showing Matias a picture of one of the Mm stormtroopers. Isn't that, I I get it. Like, yeah, sure. If this is something that we are overusing or that we're used to seeing, but it, it I, works. still really like, cool. It's really beautiful. And I thought it was, it's so stunning to see again, the juxtaposition of his like bleach press uniform, the way he like has his hair styled. And then these stormtroopers that look like they just fucking been through the ringer, but they've got these pieces of gold on them. I was like, bro, you're right. I don't want to fuck with any of these guys. Yeah. Um, but let's continue to talk about them because another thing I noticed is in the 
subtitles. They, they're called night troopers. Yeah. So I Googled that because to me that sounded like night sisters. And I am obsessed with the death of witches, as you guys know. So nothing came up and that's fine. But I'm wondering if. Well, I could have told you there's no such thing. Um, we've had death troopers. We've had dark troopers. We have never had night trooper. So I'm wondering, because we're seeing, again, these like coffin looking things being unloaded. Mm-hmm. If these are either like reanimated bodies from by the night sisters or if they're the night brothers like it's night something i don't i i feel like you really need to like look into because i from what i understand the night brothers are again you would know they don't hide their faces this is not something that is like a continuation night brothers are not always just reanimated either they are right we've seen night brothers darth right. maul was a night brother Correct. and his race that's what that race is mm-hmm. is essentially like night brothers of the like it it doesn't make sense to me to keep putting on like night brother to like other things that are always like just because their faces are hidden you know mm-hmm. we don't see males that often i just don't know that that's i mean it's not to say that they aren't but like right they're they follow a certain way of doing things that's not empirical to a certain you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Not- <laughs> uh, and again mostly that's just like words because if night sisters and night brothers were both on dathomir and we know night sisters are on this planet then wouldn't night brothers also be on this planet and if thrawn made an army who else would he make an army out of if not apparently some of the people that were on this planet, like we see those little bad guys who don't seem to really do anything except team up with Balin later. But so, so yeah, anyway, I'm wondering if this army, like, I don't feel like this army is just like a bunch of humans or, or like aliens. And I think there's something connected to the witches there because they are called night troopers. So I just feel like there's some sort of magic involved or like night sister heritage involved in there but i don't know and i couldn't find anything on the internet about it it's just people wondering like what could the night troopers be so those are my two guesses well yeah we don't okay yeah uh, yeah there's not there's definitely not going to be any information about something that is just being introduced to us before or now you know so like it's unfortunate that that's the thing about star wars lore is they're just they always like to introduce new things so, and we already don't know that yeah. much about. You're the right. And I, I mostly so I just keep forgetting because usually I have a question and I'm like, oh, it's because I haven't, like, I just don't know all the lore yet. And with the Dathomir witches, it's because we don't have the lore. So that's really enticing to me because I, I am really interested in like, what I just the don't, are they? I just don't know. So to me, it's like, this is going to end up being like nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to, to go down like a huge path of like, Something like if they're all dead people being brought to life, like later, I, first of all, I don't, I, I, I doubt it. Um, you know, maybe that could be something just like Maroc. We've had, we obviously have seen something like that. So for that to come back might be interesting. Um, and it looks like they're unloading bodies, but I don't, yes, but why, but they haven't done it until now. So we don't know that the existing troopers are that. <laughs> fair, so, fair, yeah. Uh, again, you're going down a, a rabbit hole that might or might not be like lead to anything. Essentially, they Star Wars likes to just introduce it, like something, give us a new name for it because they don't look the same, and then they end up just being fodder for 
the good guys. It's just, it's just they're troopers. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be something that will, they're, they put them in masks. They're NPCs. They were just mm-hmm. going to like fight them or whatever. I think that's just essentially what that is. Yeah. Like not to shut that down. It just feels, I don't, I'm not seeing any evidence of the, <laughs> yeah. what you're like, what night again, what would night brother be like? This doesn't seem like they're following Thrawn. They're not following mm-hmm. the night sisters. Right. They're not in the Night Sister order, so this clearly giving them a new name. They went. They would just call them Night Brothers, not Night Troopers. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a name that probably was given to them by Thrawn to distinguish, like you are a new breed of stormtrooper mm-hmm. in his estimation. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and in essence, probably some symbolic. Uh, meaning to that, meaning you've gone through the darkest of nights um, and come out at the other end, you know, and that's yeah. you live and breathe and then, you know, and the that's kind of night. that's yeah. to me, like, that's the kind of st- stuff that I feel like is being filled in. I, I don't I see absolutely <laughs> no reason for them to be connected with, especially when they come in with Thrawn. They're not there with the Night Sisters. They come in with Thrawn, you right. know, um, so that's. That's more of where I would go with it. And then at the end of the day, they're not, it's not going to mean it. That's just a name. Mm-hmm. We have to put names on anything we introduce and Star Wars has to have some sort of name yeah. for there to eventually be a Wikipedia article someday right. or, and for eventually people to like understand the lore or whatever, because you have to distinguish it from what's come before. Yeah. Cause then you can't just, if you just called them stormtroopers. Uh, you know, people would get mad and then you win it. <laughs> yeah. Because you know? I'm also trying to think of um, when in Rebels, when Thrawn is transported to this place, obviously he has his ship. I didn't realize how massive his ship was when it was transported here. So I'm assuming that ship had crew and that's where these stormtroopers came from. They were all yes. just on the ship. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I imagine, yeah. I I um I think up until I saw all these people, I thought that I thought it was like just Thrawn and Ezra. Um, you thought that whole ship was empty. I didn't realize how big of a ship it was. I I was thinking like you've a small seen, ship. You've seen Star Destroyers before. I didn't know that Ezra took Thrawn's Star Destroyer and transported them. I like I just thought Thrawn was in like like a little X wing or like. I, I, I thought you saw know. the clip that I even took from Rebels to put onto like TikTok where I, I even did, put the I clip. I did. I just, I don't know. It just, it didn't click to me until, like I said, I saw how massive that ship was. I was like, oh, this is like a whole, this is a I'm continent. Trying, I'm trying not to get people mad at us, Shannon, that are Star Wars lore. Okay. Get mad at me for not having the knowledge then. Fans, you gotta watch Rebels. Be, I want to. I'm gonna watch it. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Uh, so again, in live action, um, yeah, seeing the size of that ship, I just blew me away, and I was like, "Wow!" I I didn't realize until now just how important what Ezra did was. Like, he didn't just get rid of like this big baddie; he got rid of this big baddie and this huge fucking ship, and like almost all of his like most loyal supporters are on this ship, and he just like fucked them off to a different galaxy. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty metal. So I have a new appreciation for Ezra now that I understand the scope of his sacrifice. Sure, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit because I brought up that the main night trooper, Enoch, um, what again, what have these guys gone through? I am so scared. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
the reason I'm bringing this up is because I was recently doing some research of my own in order to um, embellish my own sci-fi things. Mm -hmm. And Enoch is um, one of the, uh, there's actually two, there's actually two Enochs in the Bible. Okay. Um, one of them uh, was the son of Cain uh, and, and a, or the son of Cain. It's like, it was like the first, I can't remember, but he was like, he's there, he's in that line, you know? And then there's another um, son named Enoch, the son of Seth, which was after Cain and Abel, you know, the story, Abel was killed by Cain. Uh, Abel had Seth, or they, uh, Adam and Eve had Seth after that. And then he was the new, he basically was the other son after that point, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's where like, uh, quote unquote, the lineage of Genesis goes through. And then it taught it, it goes through this like lineage of people. And it says, um, this person lived 900 years and then died. And then this person lived 900 and then what I blah, 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 blah. And then it gets to Enoch later on a different Enoch. We don't, I can't tell if it's the same Enoch or whatever. There's, it does. It's, it's not made abundantly clear, but Enoch, it just says, um, it doesn't say he died. It says, uh, God took him like God. He, he left with God or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and so Enoch could be obviously, um, it is Enoch, right? Am I, am I misremembering? No, like you're definitely this, not. Uh, um, he could be in, uh, in essence, if you're going to give him a biblical name like that, and especially Enoch, what is that trying to say about this night trooper, you know, mm -hmm. uh, maybe his immortal essence of him, you know, or maybe how close he is to God. Right. And who is God in this case, the Thrawn, mm -hmm. right. Um, that, uh, you know, again, biblical mythological proportions is just an amazing, interesting thing to, to think about, you know, um, like how we, how he would get that name or whatever. And, yeah. and obviously it wouldn't come from our biblical understanding because the right. Bible doesn't exist in star Wars, but it's for us to infer that that, would, that that would be a thing. So yeah. yeah, he is so close to God probably that he's unkillable. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to fall down this rabbit hole. I just, I Googled Enoch real fast to make sure that we were saying the right name. And then it was like, the book of Enoch is an ancient Hebrew apocalyptic re religious text. I'm like, oh man, there's a lot going there's on. There's other stuff going on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure um, yeah, Enoch. there's more about, about that too, to be said, but who knows? Um, so yeah, these these night troopers are scary. <laughs> they're pretty dope, yeah. They're pretty terrifying. Uh and can't wait to see them in action. I imagine they're just going to go down just as easily as every other stormtrooper because that's how Star Wars always is and they never live up to the potential that we want and them I'm to. And I'm going to be really <laughs> mad because yeah. respectfully, now that I see the way that these stormtroopers look, yeah. it's like, "Oh sure, the little <laughs> bitch stormtroopers with their perfectly polished boots like can't take a shot. Like these motherfuckers should be able to do like some heavy lifting and mm -hmm. I am hoping you're probably right. Everyone's like, Oh, storm stormtroopers are papal people, but I'm hoping we have a little more substance there because they look like they've been through it. Yeah. So I would like to see that. But I, I again, going not to like shut you down on things. I am interested because I didn't really catch the catacomb thing. I was kind of curious, like what is going on here? Are the, we, 
did they mention the are these their fallen um in the catacombs where why are they pulling bodies out i, I think it's going to be a clear it, to what you said like that they are going to have another army with the night sisters and uh, with the gnarly. witches and stuff from those catacombs when they start pulling out bodies i actually wasn't somehow i missed that conversation about what was going on i remember her saying like the three rotation thing it's going to mm-hmm. take that long i was like wait take that long to do what i was like i don't know i don't I that's okay yeah <laughs> but yeah but if that is if they're building more of an army that's going to be interesting mm-hmm. um which could be like more fodder which means the night troopers could be like m- you know something that will carry on you know yeah, into the, the into the movies the- or something mm-hmm. that might be interesting i hope enoch doesn't go down like uh phasma did <laughs> you uh, know um but that it is, is something it that, is kind yeah. of um i can't think of the word I I remembered her when I saw Enoch. I thought like the imagery connected to me. I was like, oh, this reminds me of of Captain Plasma a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, uh, another thing to mention about Thrawn is uh, I f- assume we've finished uh, hyping up the Night Troopers. That's all I wanted to say about them. Are you good to move forward? Mm-hmm. Um, the the calculation of Thrawn never seems like petty or dismissive it feels like he takes sabine very seriously he's like she is a threat ezra is a threat and i know how to use her and manipulate her to get to my goal which is like this is probably my last chance to actually kill ezra and not just leave him on this planet and fuck off and hope for the best um yeah so i like that he's kind of able to like read into that and take her role in these things seriously but also in regards to balin and shin that he's like yeah, but can we can we actually trust him? Because he did used to follow the way of the Jedi. And like, let's not all kid ourselves that, you know, he's he's perfectly 100% reformed and now he like he follows us or he doesn't follow the Jedi anymore. Mm-hmm. I like that he seeds that information because we already really like Balin. We're all curious about what Balin's going to do. And I like that he just put that little seed of doubt of like, oh, I wonder what he is capable of. And again, we also were speculating whether or not Ahsoka could turn them later, Mm -hmm. you know, or could essentially like they can join forces or something, or even with Shin, right? Like what is her ultimate thing? Like she clearly wants power. And then again, we go back to him where he's like, it's not about power. Like it's about something else. It's about the beginning, which we talked, we talked about, right? It's kind of contradictory to what the scene before where he's like, we're going to get power beyond what you dreamed. But like, there's clearly something there that like, can we see a different, a finally like a redemption or finally like a turning of a dark side person to mm-hmm. like more or less what Ahsoka wants. Right. And that little bit of doubt, you know, mm-hmm. helps to reinforce the idea that maybe there's something more to Balin and Shin yeah. than we could have known, you know, something that I'm going to say two things that don't match and I'm going to need everybody to be okay with that. I feel that Balin's character is underdeveloped in the sense that I mean there's a lot that's underdeveloped. We in know show. information about him that should feel important, but to me he speaks in such vague grand terms that it almost feels like uh shorthand for the audience to understand rather than actual honesty of like character. But the ideas and the concepts that he stands for paired with what I think is like really powerful acting from Ray Stevenson 
makes me willing to like draw my own conclusions and dig a little deeper into Balin. Because if mm -hmm. I just took him for everything he said, I feel like he's kind of boring. It's like, what do you want? You want power and you want to change things. It's like, you're just saying like the exact same thing over and over again. But I like that he tells us that he, he loved the philosophy of the Jedi order, but he thought it was weak and he didn't think it was sustainable. But we also see him and he's like, I don't fuck with Thrawn either. I'm not trying to be a full Sith. I'm not trying to be his little minion. He really does think he can, and we'll touch on more of this, break the cycle of the inevitable, like the Star Wars that we've been watching movie after movie, like series after series. You see break the wheel, maybe? Right. <laughs> um, the fact that he thinks he can do that. I like that he's very curious about this planet and he seems to be wanting to find, I don't know if it's a thing or a place or a feeling, but with Dave Filoni, I'm also wondering if it will have something to do with how what did you say it was? The father, the mother, and the daughter? Are those the three aspects of the force? I don't. I have no clue. <laughs> um, the father, the son, and the daughter, perhaps? I have no clue. Um, whatever the trifecta is that represents the force, I feel like that purity is more what Balin's looking for. So it's less like how the Jedi might take things or how Sith might take things or how Thrawn might take things. I think Balin wants to get to like, the source material, the root of where all things grow and then decide for himself, like how to cultivate something from that. And I think Shin is kind of interested in that too. But when he speaks, you can kind of see that like curiosity with a little bit of doubt underneath of just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't quite understand. And she's young and she gives him a little bit of pushback when he talks, not in a disrespectful way, but just more of like, I think she's young and she just doesn't really understand, but he's been through so much and has seen so much that he's just like activated and ready to start a new beginning. I, I mean, sure. I can, we can talk just about Balin and Shin in general before we get to Sabine and her yeah. thing. Um, if we want to, let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, like what your questions are that you're not getting from, from him uh, that are missing because I feel like we've gotten a lot from him. So I, again, I do feel like I've gotten a lot from him, but if it came in a different package, I wouldn't like it. The reason I like what I've been given is because I think the actor does a really good job personifying the information because again, he speaks in like more vague terms. It's like, why, why do you actually care about what's going on? Why did you, like, I just talked about Morgan. Morgan's aligned with Thrawn, not only because she agrees with his, um, ideology but also because the godmother or godmothers what are they called night mothers what are they called you are, you're the the three mothers the you know I'm, I'm not <laughs> you're the witch person I, this is what your thing uh whatever Do, what is it go the, ahead i don't know it doesn't I matter what they're called. can you but the fact that like they align with thrawn too so there's multiple tethers holding her to this person and his ideology Balin doesn't care about Thrawn's ideology. He doesn't care about the Night Sister ideology. He doesn't seem to particularly like respect or want to follow Morgan. So his dog in this race was getting to this planet and yeah. why? Mm -hmm. So, and as a mercenary, it's how a would source you like of something that yeah. they can't sense that they are not aware of and he can feel it. They who everyone else that you okay. just mentioned. Okay. He says it. He says they there's something here that is calling to me. Mm -hmm. 
that I can feel. They don't know what that is. They are clearly afraid of it. They, they are clearly running from that. And he is not running from that. So I, again, like I, <laughs> I feel like the things you say about like, cause like Morgan's, you're inferring a lot about Morgan, but I'm like, none of that was kind of explicit, like why she's doing the things that she's doing. And right. it obviously like Thrawn is like, okay, great. At the end of the day, it's like bad guys want bad guy things, power, yeah. you know, uh, to control things, whatever. And that's what I, that's what I get from like Thrawn and Morgan. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that vagueness and clear thing from Balin. Balin has always been more well-rounded than any typical bad guy, which is why we have talked so much about him and Shin, Mm -hmm. you know, and the clear scene between the, we get two scenes with him and uh, Shin, one of them where they're talking about their kind of like power. What, what are we here for? What should we go after? And how do we trust these people? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and he just says, and he's just like marveling at like that. Any of this is real, you know, Mm -hmm. he was feeling called. He was feeling, something pull him and he's probably in his estimation, like one of the last Jedi. I was trying to think when they were having that conversation, I was like, man, I wish I could just see him like at her age, because that's what he, he probably would have been uh, or close to it when uh, he saw, as he said, everything around him burn, you know, it's like, it's easy to see like an old man. Again, we talk about how the visual representation is easy to see an old man and be like, and understand like where you're coming from and like, and know like what he's been through and to hear what he's saying and, and feel it, but to actually see it, mm-hmm. to see someone at that age, you know, and to imagine like everything you were dedicating your life towards just suddenly like get destroyed and then the whole galaxy gets upended, you know, what does that do to someone? You know, he clearly wasn't fighting for the empire. It's not like he t- changed sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even just was like losing any sort of faith or belief. Like I, that, that to me is like, it's not just inferred. He almost basically, um, I'm not just like putting that on there. He's, he's stating it in a way he's talking about the stories that he heard that he no longer used to believe. Again, we talk about the biblical things, you know, it's like, these are the, uh, in terms of Enoch and stuff. If I suddenly, you know, actually stumbled upon Eden, uh, and I'd be like, that would be, I could, as I, and if I no longer believed in that, you know, that that existed. And I was like, this is just a story. Like no one, this is what we tell kids, you know, mm-hmm. there's the equivalent of that to, to understand that, to feel it. Like I can, I, I feel like that's it, telling us a lot about where he comes from. The fact that he is kind of in awe of that this place even exists that he probably never thought it could ever get. And that when he gets here, that it, is almost exactly that the story said, you know, that it was, he felt like it would be embellished or he felt like it was exaggerated or clearly there's things that are not quite one-to-one accurate as to what I've been told, but he's hearing, he's seeing it and he's like, this actually did exist, you know, and now he's on a quest for the knowledge that has been lost, you know, he's on a quest for 
what are the things that we stopped believing in? What are the things that we left behind that started all this? He said he's looking for a beginning. I'm like, we're this, this all, we, we have gone through these cycles and stuff because we've believed that the stories um, were just children's stories. They were just folk tales. They were just myths. But there is something that started it all. There is these things that, that have an origin and we have lost sight of that and we have lost the history and we no longer think about those things in terms of like having any practical or tangible uh, reference anymore. And that's what he's searching for. He's searching for no longer the ideals of the Jedi, no longer the ideals of the empire, no longer what people were teaching him as he was growing up. And he was like 20 when, or th in his thirties or whatever, when, everything got taken away from him. And clearly that belief no longer exists in the world. So what is the belief that he's searching for? Is there something else? Because he has something, he has a little bit of faith. He has a little bit of his, the force exists. So what is that? And it's like, if it wasn't the Jedi, what is it then? What did the Jedi take? What did they manipulate? I'm looking for that. So how did he, so, that, so yeah, okay. That's, that's fine. How has he been, actually doing that though so like he told us all those things but he's working as a mercenary he couldn't have known that he was coming to this place or that he was being called to this place he didn't know that by working with morgan he was gonna come here he was just hired as a mercenary to go after like i just i just don't understand like like i said i like his story i like the things that he's telling me but i just don't understand yeah, I don't know. I just don't under, I just don't understand. But I like it. Yeah, I mean there's clearly questions about when he learned about this place or when he and what actually he does know and what is actually being like like just kind of like feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. The force is weird and interesting and and we we never fully understand it. Um when did he meet Morgan? When did was it was the story of Thrawn and Ezra just such, is that the thing that turned him on to like, okay, they went somewhere and where did they go? And, and the myth of that was what triggered a lot of his thoughts on these things. Mm -hmm. How long was he in the wilderness, so to speak, if we're talking about, yeah. again, biblical imagery of the um, going from believing to being a non-believer to just struggling in silence of, not know, not having anyone to look to, not any talk to about these things, not having anyone to kind of uh, develop any sort of theories about the force or whatever to taking on his own Padawan and trying to figure out again, as we talked about with Ahsoka, what do I teach this person? Because the old way is not what I want to teach them. You are something different. So now he's doing it in his own way. My acting teacher was like, listen, I'm going to teach you Meisner, but it's not Meisner. Yeah. It is, it is the Robichaux method, the Robichaux being my acting teacher, uh, uh, because at the end of the day, when I pass on Meisner to you, it's it's my my Meisner, it's through the lens you know, of the even if it has an origin. Right. You can. And, and so in essence, that's what Balin is. He does. He's only teaching skulls method. He's not teaching the Jedi method, he's teaching mm -hmm. skulls method. And then at the end of the day, he's realizing the Jedi over over thousands and thousands of years took something and made it their own way mm -hmm. and it has changed and it has gotten uh lost and whatever 
Um, so yeah, how long was he doing that? How long was he trying to figure that out? When did it, like, maybe he didn't know that something was out there that could give him answers, but as soon as that came to him, that's where he inserted himself as a mercenary into a way where he could get there because he saw if I help this one person and they're going to get to something and she has a connection to something as well. Like what, what, when he made that connection, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I can clearly see that it's been made at some point. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? all of that's great. Yeah. But then also in the neck, in the other scene, it's like, yeah. And I, and like power, like power is cool too. It's like, so what, what is actually motivating you then? Is it power or is it? I don't think it is. Like authentically finding a way to reconnect with the force if you don't believe in the Jedi or the Sith way. And then if that's the case, like why do we keep having conversations with Shin about absolute power? But she, I mean, she's the one at this point that brings up power as the thing again, that she's repeating like, well, this is what we're after, you know? So she's, does, does he not say it as well? He says that there is a power here. But he says, you know, power is fleeting. That kind of power, he says, is temporary. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're here for. He's searching for the beginning. So it's it could be another way of basically him saying the same thing. But that's that's like verbatim, basically what he says, that after she brings up power. Right. You but, know? but again, Balin has brought up wanting power. So yeah, pr- a few episodes ago, yeah. but I'm talking about this episode. So I don't, I, yes. So it's just like, so I guess what I'm asking is, Again, is we being mentioned- here, <laughs> like being here, he now feels the pool and is like, I see the way I see the light. I'm just kidding. I actually don't need the full power anymore. Now I want the truth. I, I want to help you as much as I can. I did bring up the fact that it was contradictory the fact that he said he wanted power. And then here he said the beginning yeah. and I don't know what's, but like, but that I'd never believe that power was a thing you know it's if if you're going to take people always uh uh uh, as quote unquote like this is what they said so this is absolutely what they mean you know and and that that there's no room for interpretation so literally that i i don't know like that's the thing that i try and avoid in media and again in seeing what he's saying here i didn't take him literally there and i hear it's like i i also don't know that he's just is he searching for power differently like i don't know Mm -hmm. so like he might still be searching for power but it's a different way of going about it is he coming around to is he doing what you said like i don't know that he's searching for this origin to find a new way and to 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 make the world a bright and happy place maybe he wants to burn everything down i don't know right you know like it, it at the end of the day it could be for nefarious reasons could be for good reasons, but the journey is interesting to me. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, so I think I we're saying the same things and that's where I am wondering, like just, just where all the switches occur because no, you can't, if we took everyone at their word, I say, I'm fine. It's like, okay, we all no, you're not, but I'll take your word. You're fine. Okay. Bye forever. Like you can understand that there's depth and complexity there, but for Balin, if, for a lot of his moments in previous episodes, we've been flirting with the concept of power. Again, that ties back to my curiosity of how long had he spent lost in the wilderness? When did he like switch over? When did this thing start to pull at him? We know that the night sisters can communicate with Morgan through dreams. And that's kind of what brought her to this place. So like, 
how does the force connect with you and draw you to places where you're meant to be? And yes, more just because I'm curious about Balin's internal emotional journey. I do wonder where that click happened for him. And I'm wondering if, was it seeing this planet and getting to this place and being like you said earlier, like I didn't even, I lost my faith. This isn't even a place that I thought would exist. And here I am standing in a story that I heard when I was a child versus like, has it actually secretly been pulling at him for longer than he was able to actively realize. So I'm not looking for hard like answers. I'm not necessarily confused and but, it's, bo- but it's bothering you. I just, it's clearly bothering yeah, you, but I it's, just it's want weird more because information they he's don't so interesting. I don't know that they've given us more information about Morgan than they have about Balin like that. I was to, asking that, for more me, information about, I understand. Balin. Yeah, I know that. And it bothers you that for some reason that these questions aren't there for me, it's like, it's all kind of more there than it, than it's been for Morgan and you you don't have the same problem as you do with like Morgan. I don't like Morgan and, and I don't think she's important. <laughs> so then it's so I don't so I don't know why it's so, bothering yeah, you so I, much. Because I really yeah. like Balin. I think he has the potential to be a very unique and interesting character. And because of that, I, I feel that I'm demanding and I want more of this information. The reason I don't care about Morgan is because I don't care about her. She doesn't feel important. She doesn't feel like she carries weight. I don't take her seriously as a character in the story. Because she's only acted as a vessel to get us to the villain we're supposed to meet. Mm -hmm. So I don't care about Morgan's story because she's not important to me right now. Yeah, I mean, but to me, these questions are what Star Wars is supposed to generate the conversation. Like the fact that it bothers you. I'm like, man, that feels so interesting to me that you don't like they leave out something and you're like so like it it makes you not enjoy this because if without that information, you're not enjoying this character already. Cause you told, you said at the very beginning of this whole thing that this character is, is underdeveloped, is kind of boring and underdeveloped, underdeveloped. I'm like, that's not true at all to me. You don't think he's underdeveloped? Because I feel like those questions that you have are, are what makes it interesting. Like the, when you have an ideology the way that he does, and when you have a clear, I I feel like he's been well-rounded or more well-rounded than Ahsoka has been this entire time Mm -hmm. that, those questions lead me to want to like dig deeper into like, how did he get to that point? Like how did the faith become like this kind of thing? If yeah, he was underdeveloped, those are the questions if, I'm asking. if he was underdeveloped, I wouldn't be searching for those answers. I'd be like, Oh, it's a clear, like he wants this oh, ultimate power. Like every, again, every bad guy that to me is underdeveloped. You know, these questions are meant to be there because one, you can't give everyone every, answer to sure. everything like we would have to go through what 50 years of his yeah, history to be his able to story. like come to like, you know for for you to get that like maybe do a, a single episode on him fine but like before we started doing that media and giving like focus on like one character for like an entire episode to give him that thing again this isn't like you said this isn't lost like be at some point like you don't have flashbacks flashbacks Mm-mm. are not always a thing this isn't like these questions to me are good things yeah. to get you to, to have the conversation, to figure out like, how did he get here? How, like, what is what to, to maybe speculate what his motivations are or whatever. The fact that you even have these questions is such a well-rounded thing because you're like, man, what is motivating him? You know, I'm, I am so interested now because it's, it was, it's not as clear cut to me when mm-hmm. it's very clear and it's very one note. It's like, I like it, 
to me, that is uninteresting. Well, then am I, so I never said he was uninteresting. I just said, I thought he felt underdeveloped. And then I said that my two statements would contradict each other because I said that I loved Balin. So yeah. for clarity, I, I don't think he's boring. I don't not like him. And that's why I'm asking no, the but questions. It, but again, this bothers you. But it bothers it you. It does bother me because yeah. I would like to know more. And that's the point of it is you want to ask questions about characters that are interesting to you. But I'm now concerned. Am I like using the wrong word? As of underdeveloped? Am I saying the wrong thing? Am I conveying the wrong message? I, maybe, I don't know. I mean, if it, the thing, this probably bothers a lot of people, you know, it, if it's bothering you, it's, I, I'm trying to figure out what the thing is that, so I can like help you because for some reason, the things that you are bringing up is like, that is what is not bothering me. Like that is the thing that like, I, I love about this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, if it's our constant need as like fans to like, need to know everything about something that to me is, is the uninteresting thing about it. You know, I love that it just, the enigma of him prompts me to want to delve deeper into that, you know, Mm -hmm. and to like have these thoughts of like, well, what could be, and why could it be that, you know? I think I'm also a little bit bothered because we know we don't get Ray Stevenson again. Which means I only get two more episodes with him. So for as much as he's talking about. Well, I think Thrawn is going to kill him. I, I have a feeling that what we think is going to be like the ultimate good, good guy, bad guy. I think my new theory is that he is going to come around to and find a way that now that we know that Thrawn is basically making enemies of everyone Mm -hmm. that doesn't align with Mm -hmm. his thing that maybe Balin and Shin will also find them at odds with Thrawn and then something's going to happen to him there is is my new theory. So whether or not I we I think you would have been left with those questions regardless of yeah. the actor. Um but that's just my own own theory and it's again at the end of the day it's like isn't that the point of like you if this was the first the very first Star Wars and they talk about the force and the only thing that Obi-Wan says is like, well, the force is the thing that binds all living creatures where that's all we got. I'm like, give me more immediately. <laughs> like, like that's, that is the essence of like Star Wars. Yeah, you know, that's no. the, is the essence of like whatever JJ Abrams likes too is a mystery box is like, it just gives you the thing. It's not going to give you the answer. Right? right. Like your favorite show, Shannon is lost. And when they first introduced the smoke monster, they didn't give you anything about yeah, it but at first i was like that's weak give me more i think i do think what, part of why it does too, it bother you so much it's, it's just because want, i'm impatient things that really entice me i'm like how how deep can i dig and how fast because i need to know everything about this right now so i think that's a uh, either a really cute thing that i do or uh, a big personality flaw on my end um honestly that's why i can't do puzzles or color pictures because as soon as i get started i'm like and it needs to be done now but I digress. Um, so for confirmation, for anyone that's made it through this hour discussion of why Balin is cool, we are both on the same page that Balin is an enticing, interesting character that makes us ask questions. And the reason I'm mad is because I now want every answer. And I'm disappointed because if we lose Balin's character, because we have to, I'm I'm not going to get most of those answers. To me, that's disappointing because something that is so interesting to me and we i feel like in this day and age of like how we consume content and the way that we we have theories about everything like you said you look for references and easter eggs and like every 
every material piece of material that we have, you know, it's like, man, just being entertained again, you know, just hearing a story and just seeing it and like the grandeur and the wonder that was to me as like a child of like, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't care what the origin of like the force was whenever Mm -hmm. like it was first brought up. I was just like, man, that's just, it's just cool and interesting. And it makes my mind wander. Like that is, that is the cool thing that I like about stories. And I think that's the cool thing that at least Ahsoka is doing on some capacities. Mm -hmm. It is not the worst show. It's not the best show, but it is giving you a little bit of that star Wars mythology Mm -hmm. of it. And that's what I miss about storytelling. Um, it's the same thing I like about foundation. It's like, they're not going to get, sometimes they give you an answer. They give me an answer. I don't know. It's like, man, I just, now I just think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it. And if there are more people out there like you, um, which is why I keep trying to like jam at it to figure out like, what is the thing? Because I want, I, I hope that people can discover this and enjoy it for what it is and for what it, is telling you and not what it isn't yeah. <laughs> like telling you. Um, uh, because I do think it is really cool. And the fact that people are, are dismissing the show and, uh, uh, because they're not getting what they want out of it, you know, because it's not answering. And I feel like that is, that's the state of fandom too, you know? Um, you know, that's, I think when people, uh, people were not enjoying the prequels a long time ago because like, mm-hmm. it was like giving them the answers to the Darth Vader thing. And what made Darth Vader so interesting was like the one line of, of like the fact that he's actually Anakin, but like we thought we knew that Anakin was killed by Darth Vader. And like, now you see what that actually was in the prequels and people are like, well, that's not how I, like yeah. what I at. you know, like the, the, the journey and the questions are the, are can sometimes be the thing that makes the story yeah, for me, absolutely. you know, and, and the focus here, I mean, that's a lot of plot holes and, you know, blame cinema sins again for some other things. People <laughs> like to, the cinema sinification. I love cinema sins, uh, but there's been this idea of like looking for plot holes and everything that don't act. That's not one, not actually a plot hole. And then yeah. two is just like, that's just nitpicking and that's their, their whole stick and that's what we love about it, right. you know? But at the end of the day, it's, these are the things that I can forgive. Yeah. You know? And I do, I like, I watch things because I want to enjoy them. And I want to have fun with them. And I like having the conversation. And again, that's why I'm wondering. Well, if you're not like, enjoying it, then I don't that's know why valid. you keep saying that I'm like not enjoying it. Cause I have never said the words. I'm not enjoying it. You said it bothered you. So. This doesn't mean so, I'm not enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. But the reason, like I said, the reason it's bothering me is because that's who I am as a person is when I get information and I ask questions, I want answers to those questions so I can continue to cycle through. And that's something I do like in real relationships that I cultivate with people. You should know this. We live together. Like I will just keep asking you questions. I don't, because I don't like, want you to take anything I just said as like an attack against I don't, you. I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to say like you I are, I, I'm not even saying that this is a problem. It's just more. Of, I'm just not sure if it's like, I don't think it's a fan thing. I don't think I'm watching this as a fan and I'm like being disappointed and upset. I'm, I'm bothered. I think I'm watching this as Shannon. And because of the way that I, again, will like, cycle through and spiral down rabbit holes. Like this is the way that I like to consume information is very aggressively and all at once. So when I want to go deeper and ask more questions, but there's not more dirt for me to dig, I'm just like, uh, uh. so that's not, that's not Ahsoka's fault. And I don't know that that's something that a lot of fans will experience. I think that's a little more personal to like who I am, but 
God damn it. You said something about I don't think you're that, that I, I don't think you're say. that unique. I mean, people I'm sure there are people that are out there that feel the same way as you. Um, I, and that are, are empathizing with you and like just as frustrated as well. And I'm talking again to like the, those majority of people yeah. that are probably out there. Like, I don't know that that's, and I, I am also trying to figure out like what is like, why do I connect to something that you don't with? And why do you connect with something that I don't? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens in my estimation. It is sometimes that when I don't connect with something, it's because I know that there are no answers and maybe that's the problem because here, when they give me a question, I'm like, there's probably an answer there somewhere. And like, can I find it? Mm-hmm. Whereas like in something like yellow jacket says like, there is literally no answer for this. And I guarantee they don't have an answer for it. Right. And they're just raising and that bothers me. It's just right. bad writing, you know? Um, it's because the writer said so, yeah. you know, and yeah. that kind of stuff is what, what bothers me whenever I have a problem where I'm not connecting with things and, it's like, man, well, why am I able to connect with it that you aren't? And I yeah. want to showcase for me, like what the, what elements of it that I'm trying to connect with and where I'm getting out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe that makes me the weird one that I'm like, no. I'm able to do that. I want to, I want to seek the problems and hopefully, uh, also bring you on the journey with me. I'm not trying to say you're wrong. No, I know. I'm not trying to tell other people that they're wrong. They, if they don't enjoy it, that's fine. Like I, I get it. I, but when we find things that are enjoyable, Mm -hmm. I'm also being like, man, this is such a fun journey. Why do you want to go on it with me? You know, I want you to be on the, on the same page. And I like that we're, we're asking the exact same questions, which is cool because it means that like the story is working. But when I mentioned earlier that Balin's character felt underdeveloped and you were like, well, there's a lot of things that are underdeveloped for you. What is underdeveloped in this show? I mean, if you want to move on to like Sabine and I don't, because this is like, we're talking about, I mean, because I'm going to talk about again, like Thrawn is at the end of the day, like he's mostly developed, not in this show. He's been developed off screen Mm -hmm. and what we know about him, you know? And again, Morgan Elsbeth, like, like I said, I was like, all the things you're saying about Balin, I was like, I could say the same thing about Morgan. Like that's like, she, she, we clearly, we clearly know her motivations and what's, what's driving her and whatever. And it's like, and that's, she doesn't seem as well-rounded in terms of everything. Shin to Shin to a certain extent is also pretty underdeveloped. Like she, we have, had elements of things there because of Balin, but Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like we're still like, don't know absolutely nothing about her. Right. Ahsoka to a certain extent, we talked Mm -hmm. about how stoic and whatever she was and we got, they got better with her. Yeah. But like, that was like the relationship between her and Sabine completely underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. I would say like, it wasn't hitting the connection things like that. And then if we move on uh, with Sabine and Ezra, my God, is what that the fuck? underdeveloped? Like there's just, th- there are a lot of things that are undercooked here mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, like I can point out. Um, and to me is like Balin is the, is the, <laughs> for some reason, the least underdeveloped. Hu Yang is probably the, mo- the most developed so it's out like of everything. Literally every other character except Balin is underdeveloped. Yeah. Cause I also, I, and I want to point, put Hu Yang and like Chopper there because like as droids, like they are also very one note. They have their stick. It's a droid is a droid mm-hmm. and they have their thing, but they are the most developed because you know what to expect from them. You know, yeah. they like at the very least, like it's being one note, 
and predictable doesn't necessarily mean underdeveloped to me. And maybe we can figure out how to define that later. Yeah. I don't know. This is a writing podcast. It's just to me, there's a lot of things where underdeveloped uh, means um, there is nothing more to this than what's on the surface. Okay. So I'm concerned I used not the right word then to describe Balin. So when I'm like, oh, I don't like Morgan because she's boring and I don't care about her, it's because she is an underdeveloped character. Sure. Essentially. I, when, when essence, there's nothing, you know, when I think under, then that, that would be like a foundation of something that's supporting this yeah. character that lifts them up, whether that's in your estimation could be history or, or uh, um, a feeling of like a life that's there. Mm -hmm. That to me is like when a character just shows up and I can't see that life, you know, and that's what an actor is essentially supposed to represent is mm -hmm. like, there's a life on screen. There is a person that has lived a life and has an entire foundation under them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that to me, if they don't have that, yeah. and I'm like, you just popped up in the story and you only exist here from the very beginning to like, to, to, yeah. to now, you know, from, from the moment you were introduced to now, like that is, that is the Morgan only, like. that is the only development that I, okay. that we've gotten. Right. Yes. Whereas like Balin, there's some sort of his, there's yes, something there that is like, that is, that is under him. That is, that is putting up his foundation, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's I'm using this and that is just a uh, might not be the best way to represent it. I don't want people to conflate that history means developed, you know, Sure. but that is what I'm getting at. Okay. In terms of this no, category. that's helpful to me because again, I want to make sure I try to communicate as clearly as possible, but, but underdeveloped when you say underdeveloped still means to me like uninteresting or boring. Right. Okay. Well that's, then no, that's that not is my where, tag at all. Cause that's always what, we talk about when we talk about underdeveloped characters. I think I was thinking underdeveloped meant like I didn't have enough information about them because I'm looking for more information about, like I said, when did he switch over? How did this force pull to him? When did he decide that he was going for new beginnings for real instead of power? Like all of these things happen and I want to know like where, when, and why. So if he was an underdeveloped character, he would just pop up and be like, I want power. And I'd be like, cool, you're boring. So mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense. And I will say Shin is interesting in the same capacity, but you might be right. The reason Shin has history or like feels like there's history to her character is like through the lens of Balin. Mm -hmm. And it's because of their connection that she isn't just like the hottie that popped up and is the opposite of Sabine. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Bal the character of Balin does heavy lifting for, I would argue the majority of like the baddie or the antagonist side, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is really interesting. And what did you say your theory is that you think? I think Thrawn or someone connected to Thrawn is going to kill Balin. Yeah. I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I was wondering, we see him when, when he's first with Sabine and since we're going to transition to Sabine and she's like, I don't know. She's like, you made a promise or like you said that, like, I thought you would honor your word. And it seems like he doesn't really care about it. But then with Thrawn, he's like, hey, I told Sabine that she was going to. Like, be able to look for Ezra and mm -hmm. Thrawn's like, she can look for Ezra and then we're going to go find them, too, and like kill them. And it all like it looks like it bothers Balin. And I'm not sure if it's because it means he has to go back on his word 
because we talked, or at least I talked about him having like a code of conduct. And even if we don't know exactly what it is, he holds himself to a standard and a set of rules. Um, so the fact that he gave Sabine his word and now is kind of having to go back on it, I think it's going to, I think bothers him in some capacity. I, I don't know what it, what's going to happen. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily scream that there's going to be like a turning or a team up, mm-hmm. but when, yes, that code of conduct gets broken, uh, whether he, uh, it might not be like, okay, I see Ahsoka and Sabine for their ways, but I, but when the fact that like, Hey, you're my ride home and you betrayed me, mm-hmm. <laughs> like comes mm-hmm. into play. Like, man, I can't wait to see Balin wreak havoc on that star destroyer. Um, whether or not that happens, I don't know. <laughs> hey, but, I'm here for it. You said it. <laughs> that to me is like, is like you said, is something that could be possible yeah. um, or could be alluded to, or maybe it's just the more interesting thing and how I would take it. Oh, well. And we'll see. Um, speaking of other interesting things, Shannon, uh, let's, let's go to <laughs> Sabine and her journey to look for Ezra and uh, all the things that come with that, including a new horse-like creature or dog-like horse-like wolf-like I don't know a dog horse wolf um, thing that was really adorable which you enjoyed <laughs> now so I'll be honest here this this bothers me sure actually it was not as in moments were enjoyable I could find fun in some things but our goal has been find this man that is very 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 important to you well I want to I want to Get to that. I, I'm, I want I to talk about the right journey in. to get to it. Absolutely. So like before we talk about anything involving her relationship with him. Yes. Um, I'm just talking about like just the, the, the journey in general. Totally fine. So even her journey, I was like, I don't believe the stakes. I don't sure. know why. I can't tell you what would have been the better choice to make it more interesting but there's not a part of me that believed that she got on that wolf horse dog thing and was like, I am Ezra is here and I'm going to find him. I didn't the feel thing that like even the I thought they, the thing that I was like, Oh, this is what's going to happen. Like didn't even come into play, you know? And so I'm, I'm confused also by what's going on here. But the thing that bothers me the most has nothing to do with the character stuff Mm -hmm. it's the fact that when they first arrive on this planet my first thought was man we as an audience as earthlings have talked a lot about what is alien to us you know what makes the star wars or whatever like why we love going to different worlds and things like that and it's always interesting and then in star wars where man there it's normal to be on a new world and a new race and stuff like that. But this is new is going to a new galaxy. I was like, man, what is alien to them? What would be alien? You know, I was like, so curious how they were going to represent this planet or whatever. And then at the end of the day, it's just, it's just another planet. It's just another, just another star Wars planet, which is fine. You know, it's at this point, like nothing's new to them. That's cool. You know, but then at the end of the day, there's no, indication that any of this feels new or whatever like even to the people on the the nomads or whatever on this planet they're not freaked out by like a new you know at Mm -hmm. least in in andor when we get a planet that is that where andor comes from cassian comes from it feels very much like a a first tribe situation that hasn't has been untouched by man you know when the, the people come in like they are 
they create um, gods out of them. They create, you know, in the Ewoks, they were like, this mm-hmm. is a god amongst us with, with C-3PO. You kind of get that little sense, like even in the Star Wars universe, there's people that don't understand yeah. what the war, the expanding world is like, but it doesn't feel different here. Yeah, Nothing feels like it. it's just another planet. Mm -hmm. And then her journey feels very, as you said, without stakes, like underwhelming, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like it felt, it felt like I wrote down, um, her encounter with the generic bandits that we then get a shot of right at the end. I feel like was only to establish one that she is like pretty good with a lightsaber. If she's not fighting like someone like Shin or like Ahsoka, like she dispatched of those people pretty quickly and two so we could have a lightsaber fight in the episode and then three because we do get that finishing shot of the bandits looking at Balin and Shin and I'm like oh did we meet them so they would have someone to team up with and like chase Ezra and the little turtle people Mm -hmm. and also when the fuck did Sabine paint her nails they're it's a perfect manicure we even are. I noticed in the first episode, her fucking nail polish is chipped. And I was like, what a cool character choice, because absolutely Sabine would have chipped fucking nail polish. She works with her hands. Like, I love that. I love that. We Maybe even... Shin did them while they were in the prison. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Someone write that fanfic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just through the bars, like, spraining <laughs> her I'm nails. Gonna. Um, so, like, that's kind of. That's kind of goofy. Oh, I really do have when did she paint her nails as three different bullet points. <laughs> okay. But, wow. <laughs> but like even her device gets destroyed. And I'm like, first off, we don't know anything about how she's supposed to find Ezra. And here I'm sitting here thinking like Ezra's probably been wreaking havoc on this group of people for like a long time. Like Ezra's alone in the world here. He's probably been like gone nomadic and been just picking at uh, Thrawn and his like all that damage we saw on those night troopers like which ones did Ezra do yeah. you know this is what I'm thinking of right yeah. and then like man she's going out into this thing this harsh environment like what is she gonna like what has Ezra become some sort of animal you know mm-hmm. and everything like that you know and how is she gonna find him she, she uses absolutely no Nothing. She used nothing. 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 She had a device that gets destroyed. So you think, okay, maybe she's going to have to use the force what to find What was the him. device? Like she's going to find a temple or something or whatever that he found that he found it had a connection to. And it was just a generic binocular device. Doesn't matter, Shannon. But like the fact is, is like once you no longer have technological devices, it's like, what do you rely on your senses? And the force. And the force. <laughs> That's what I mean. How did she didn't like, even know like what direction she to go? Didn't, she picked the but perfect she didn't direction. And did what happened? She used her animal that she can't talk to that for, but for some reason understands every single word that she says, but, uh, 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 and brings her because it wants water, but like doesn't, and luckily stumbles upon something that recognizes a symbol of her. Like, like this, this is, this is a needle in a haystack situation. Like if Thrawn doesn't know where Ezra is or can't point these guys in, in a certain direction, then like, like again, is he alive or is he dead? Like the, the chances, like what was the plan? Shannon, what was the goal? If Ezra was also dead and you didn't luck upon him, like what were you doing to find anything? You know? Yes. In this hellscape of an environment, I a hundred percent agree and 
again, we see Thrawn, we see the forces at his disposal, we see his insane fucking ship, and mm-hmm. we see three, I forget their name, night sister goddess mothers. And you're telling me that none of those people could find a group of like turtle nomads and that this human is just, has just been lucky enough that he's just so much of a nomad that they can't pinpoint where he's been. That's dumb as hell to me. And like, what kind of stake is that? And he looks fine. He's got his they fucking gave beard. Him a beard he's like, so he's la, been la, through la. some things. No, Shannon. he hasn't. He <laughs> just doesn't have a razor. No, I want. I have to let you know that visually, the beard says he's been through some things. Are you making fun of me for saying bangs? Or are no, you being honest? I'm being okay. honest. This is how they do that. <laughs> okay, it's like whenever okay. you get a character is normally clean shaven. If they've been on like alone for a while, the beard. He's been, that's what they did with Luke Skywalker. I know. <laughs> I thought it was, like, it was to show me how the much beard time has passed. Like, they've been through some it's things. It's trauma. It's time. Time and trauma is it collects all in the beard, uh, but otherwise he's fine. Yeah, you're right. Um, but and- I also wonder, like, so the fact that we have eight directions from, to choose from, binoculars that will show me just desert. It's not like she can use those binoculars to like hone in on Ezra, and she just happens to pick the right path and asper- apparently spend like maybe two hours walking down the road and just stumbles across like all the right, you made all the right choices. You rolled nat twenties across the board and like you found this person you've been looking for. I just like, that's not a fun way to tell that story to me. I did like, um, Mm. even though it's goofy Mm. and here we go. I really liked the cowardly dog horse thing. Oh, sure. It was so cute. Mm-hmm. I love that he ran away and he came back. He was like, no, wait, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And she was like, don't talk to me. I'm like, you're going to yell at a fucking animal for running away from combat, Sabine. You're stupid and mean. But then when it like, <laughs> she tells it to fuck off. And then we're on just that, the landscape. And then a couple seconds later, he comes trotting back into frame. I was like, bro, how do you, how do you hate? How do you get mad at something like that? That's the cutest little, he just bebops along. Oh, he's so cute. I want to pet his little snout. So that was a cute little moment for me. I didn't mind that What'd at all. What do you think of the snails? I mean, the rock snails. They're snails. They're turtle. Like, I Puppets. okay. I like it for the sense that it does kind of feel. It just like felt like Star Ewoks. Wars. It just felt like Ewoks. You know me, what I mean? Like yeah. we we get this cute little something. It's 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 puppetry. It's it's not a humanoid. You know what I mean? So it's like it reminded me about uh, the nomadic hobbits. The heart, heart foots, the and rings of power, too. Is that when the yeah. heart, whatever? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now. I didn't for a second, but um, so yeah, they're they're cute, they're fine. I think it's it's great uh, to see something else that lives on this planet. I just don't, no, mm. I can't wait to see those houses roll because I'm sure that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> they're gonna roll up. And they're going to just move along because clearly they're nomadic. They can't stay in one place for too long. And they right. otherwise they would be eaten alive by absolutely nothing. Cause I didn't see many dangers out there, but we you don't know, know. We don't it's know a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, they had to get that leather from somewhere. So they're probably killing animals somewhere. L- letter? Leather? Leather. To make the saddles and reins and stuff. Letter. I was like, who wrote a, the a fuck letter? Is letter? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm Vulcan. <laughs> well, should we finally, finally talk about... Please go ahead. Start it. Um, Ezra is, is alive and he's here Yay. and he got compared to Thrawn, a terrible introduction. 
<laughs> I was like, we're going to give Thrawn like such a huge fucking <laughs> moment. And Ezra is like, oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> Just over her shoulder. It's like, man, I knew you would be here. Oh, cool. That's great. Uh, Shannon, I cannot overstate how much this felt like a beginner acting scene. It was so, as we talk, if we're going to use the word again, underdeveloped, undercooked, not directed. This is the, this is what you bring whenever you're like, I'm going to do a scene and this is the scene that I chose. And this is, this is why I want to do it. And I do it with you on the thing. And then my acting teacher is like, yeah, that was terrible. Like you <laughs> like got we, the words. We have a lot to do. Yeah. We have a lot of work to do. Absolutely. No one. <laughs> Did any direction on that scene, any, any break, anything absolutely with the scene. And don't get me wrong. I don't even care that much about Ezra, but I watched the scene and I watched these two actors that are probably again, well and good. I don't blame the actors. I am not blaming the actors for this. They are probably doing exactly how it was written, how they thought it was going to be read and how they want to do it. They're playing these characters, but they do it. And it is, just so cool. They're just playing it cool. You know, this is the scene, but the reintroduction is the big moment. Sabine has been fucking waiting for, you know, and she's like, I'm just going to play it cool. It's like, that's fine. That's fine. I could get, I get that point, but at mm -hmm. no point does anyone say, okay, but as you're playing it cool, when does the facade break? When does it no longer become like, I'm, I'm just me. I, I, you know, it's been like, what, two, how long has it been? It's a, has it been years or has it been two weeks? Because if it's just been two weeks, I can understand this. I can understand like, oh, it's just cool. It's like, oh, and then we go in for a hug. You know, the, the most awkward hug ever. Like the chemistry here is just absolutely nothing. And I'm, and I'm sorry, like neither actor brought anything to that. And it's not that I need them to cry about it. It's no. not that I need them to make a huge fucking big deal. It's like, it's like, you can be cool, but like at some point, like what is going on internally? Yes. Where, what is going on with this character is like, actually, you know, what are you bringing that? What, show me something, you know? And absolutely did neither of them. Like, I, I was like, it's not that I need them to break, but where's the crack? Yes. Where is the crack in the facade that, that like sh that I can believe that these characters have have been wanting this for so long that it's finally here that you cannot hold yourself back anymore. Where is that? <laughs> that reminds me of Ray Seahorn, who was talking about playing Kim Wexler and how uh, she does cry in this scene, but the scene where she breaks down, it's like sobbing on the bus mm -hmm. that she keeps herself in that headspace by telling herself not to cry. It's mm -hmm. that you try to put everything in the box and then keep the box closed, knowing that you can't keep everything in that box. And that's how you show like the strain, even if you're playing calm, cool and collected, there's mm -hmm. always something going on underneath. And that's what makes a character more interesting and enticing to watch because you can feel like there has to be like something bubbling under the surface. And this might also tie into why we're so persnickety about these stoic characters because as we talked about last week, there's stoicism with intent, like Joel Miller, who's been mm -hmm. informed by trauma and the moments where you do see the softness in his eyes or the fear or the pain in whatever capacity that is to let you know that this is a character that you need to empathize with versus when that doesn't come across, it just feels like bad acting. It feels like you didn't do the work of what your relationship was. So you're not actually feeling the pinch of the scene. 
I can't imagine they they're they're apparently so close that they feel like siblings to each other. So mm-hmm. like Matthias, imagine seeing your sibling for the first time in two years after they like sacrifice themselves to save the galaxy. And even if you decided that you wanted to be cool about it and like, oh, it's not gonna be a big deal because this is our report. Like I have my eyes are like getting wet right now thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just think about it and then be like, hey. I just did it. I just acted that scene better <laughs> than I don't know. So you're right. I don't need, uh, I'm going to say one more thing. David Tennant and Dr. Who, when, uh, we lose Rose Tyler in doomsday, the director wanted him to just break down and sob, mm-hmm. uh, because Rose Tyler, who got closed on the opposite side of the portal is their hands are touching on opposite universes and she's crying and they wanted the mirror image of both of them just being so broken without each other. Mm-hmm. And David Tennant apparently did like two takes like that. And then he was like, let, can I try something? The director was like, of course you can. And it's the take that they use and it just builds in him. It's this like shock fear, sadness, longing. It like, it builds through him. It comes like right to his eyes. And then he like, shuts it off, touches the wall, leaves. I'm like, that's so powerful because you've got to take the journey with the actor. And that's what makes moments land is when you're welcomed on that journey. Mm-hmm. There's so many stories about this and why there are so many stories about actors doing and feeling and, and whether they show emotion or not show emotion and how it comes through and, and what is better for the scene is because they broke it down is because they worked with the director to find the right, like what is the scene about what is it really about okay but no but what is it really about you know what i'm saying like that is a, that that's why that's how we get these like good moments and these good scenes like uh that i, I you know we we talked so much about acting and stuff in the last of us and and whether or not like the just seeing like there is a moment where like ellie plays it cool all fucking time she doesn't want to show emotion like that's a part of her character you know she can't fucking do it but then there's a moment where that cracks so there's a moment where it's like that's what we are here for and you would think that this would be the moment you would think that this is what this one character has been here for mm-hmm. all the time donald donald sutherland recently had a a, a thing some uh, a story go viral that wasn't even told by him. I think it was someone else <laughs> that like when he was young and he was doing a scene. I can't remember if it was Helen Mirren or like um, um, other someone else. You know, but like where he did the scene, they did the entire, they shot the entire movie, and he did one scene where he just went for it, just did everything. He had the argument with her and stuff like that because it was about like the loss of the like the person being divorced and whatever, and like that they were ending everything. And he had that, uh, uh, he did the scene and he's like, if you don't like it, I'll come back and I'll shoot it. I'll reshoot it. And they, he, they, um, uh, Robert Redford, who was directing, he's like, okay, cool. We'll do that. And he put it in this, in the shot and he showed them the movie. And then they didn't even finish the movie. He, he saw like two seconds of the scene. He's like, no, I do. Let's reshoot it. Donald Sutherland said, and then he went back and they redid it. And the way that Robert Redford had him do it was like that all that stuff that you did, he did that before the scene. And then he entered the scene and it was the aftermath. It was all, the emotion was already spent. He was already done. That's what the feeling that he wanted to get there. And again, there's so many examples of this 
And it feels like no one wants it's, it sucks because like we saw the scene, the, the, um, uh, uh, a clip going around of Anakin, uh, talking to Dave Filoni, uh, uh, Hayden Christensen, I should say about like, man, it'd be really cool if this like line, like it had some weight to it, you know, of like, Oh, I've heard that before, you know? And then they show the scene and I'm like, Oh, that's what you should, that's what I love. That's what we want to see from actors. We want to see yeah. them. And I'm like, well, did anyone do any questioning or thoughts about this? You know, mm -hmm. did anyone like break down every single line and don't get me wrong. Actors are wrong all the time. Of course. They want to bring something to it and it doesn't require that or whatever. I think the directing and the writing is just, is, is just not doing the actors any favors here mm -hmm. because they're not pushing it in any sort of direction. Yeah. You know, it did not feel like that there was something, like you said, even if they were just cool the entire time, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. It did not feel like that there was anything more under that. And I was like, I don't want this like quippy, whatever, you know, like. Because cool even if that, that is your rapport, like. It's boring. It's, it's That's why we don't do those scenes in acting class. That's why we push it in acting class. That's why we want to see more. There has to be. And again, I would argue like there's a reason that we quip and we play. Mm. It's there's there's purpose to it. So even if that is your relationship and that's why you're going to play it, there's still intent under that aside from just being quippy. And I don't think I recognized the importance of a director on an actor's performance more than until I've watched Ahsoka. <laughs> And, and part of that is just due to like ignorance and not knowing, like people talk about direction all the time. And I, I don't always connect direction to an actor's journey. Um, Matthias, uh, like directs and basically does like everything of a film set could need. But when I do self tapes, I love when you give me direction, but it still hasn't quite clicked for me that directors don't just direct everything else. They direct actors and help their actors become like the best version of the character possible. Yeah. And I saw a clip going around on TikTok that was Tom Hiddleston talking about some movie that he's in when he was really young. And he was like, yeah, he told me that uh, I was a 29 year old. I was a like war general and you're ready to go. And as soon as the camera lands, I'm nine years old again and I'm terrified. And like, while he's saying that the clip is showing and I was like, what an interesting thing to think about. That's a director's job. Because Tom was saying that, like, that's not how he was playing it. He was playing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's helping an actor. The actor obviously does all the work. You have to know your character. You have to know the, the triggers and the pinches. So when the director is able to take you somewhere, you can go somewhere with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm really understanding that now by watching Ahsoka. Because we're sitting here talking about not lore things, but care. we're talking about fucking Balin. Who is Balin? We just met this guy. Why is he so interesting? Because it's there and there's something to play with. So why aren't our more main characters like Ahsoka and Sabine, who actually do have heavy emotional beats bigger than Balin's have been so far, like reuniting with your long lost best friend and dying and being resurrected and like seeing your master. Like we're seeing all these beats that could be so heavy if they wanted to be and instead it's making me say things like i don't think i like that actor and i feel like it's making a lot of people say that they're not connecting with the actor and i'm realizing the more you say it it's like the actors might be great but 
there's not anything there. They're just tools there. Like they're not being you. They're not being honed the right way. They're not being sharpened. It's like, they're just kind of being left to their own devices or like Sabine was like, okay, you got to sit up, go ouch, and then sit back down. And like, that's not enough. So I'm, yeah, I'm now understanding the full weight and importance of a director on a show via Ahsoka. You heard it here first. The Star Wars is not known for its direction. Uh, there's a lot of world building. There's a lot of good uh, storytelling behind it. Um, uh, directing actors is not what it's known for. Mm -hmm. People made fun of George Lucas. But here's what I'm going to say that might also be one of our controversial Star Wars decisions. I had an acting podcast that I wanted to call Faster, More Intense, because at the end of the day, I don't see that that's a bad direction. That comes from the fact that George Lucas really only had one direction, and that's Faster, More Intense. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's like even he's learning that from other people. And like, I feel like we've seen, I've heard of stories of Spielberg saying something similar to like other actors who have never worked with him before and like never worked on a big budget kind of like thing. Right. And they want to take their time with and, and chew the scenery and whatever. And they're like, okay, great, great, great. Now just give it to me faster. You know, that is not a bad direction, you know, direction for anything is 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 literally just <laughs> it's direction mm -hmm. it's pointing you down a path that might not be the right path mm -hmm. you know uh uh christopher nolan is really known for um and i i believe this is something i've used a lot on sets and this is what eventually the podcast became, became was same thing but different you know um I think Christopher Nolan, I don't know if I got that from him, but like he's very much in that vein of, of when we talked about how Heath Ledger was doing things like he, every, he, everything was up for grabs. Yeah. He had an idea of what the character was. And Christopher Nolan famously says he doesn't use bloopers or deleted scenes um, or different takes on his DVDs or his Blu-rays because he doesn't want the actor to feel uh, he wants the actor to be able to feel free to play with it to go different directions with it. You know, if he likes this, he's like, great. I, I love that. Let's do this. Let's try and do it differently just to see, just to see what's happening. If we don't like it, we'll go back the other way. The direction is literally pointing someone down a path here. It feels like no one was given, no one knows where they want to go with it, you know? Um, or they, you've left the actors uh, um, on an Island with nothing with no sense of like how to get themselves off of it, mm -hmm. you know? And that is what a director's job is supposed to be is to yes, have some sort of vision, which is what George Lucas had, but like, how do you get off this Island? You know, let's, let's try this. And I just see the actors like floundering up there, you know, and it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. They just had no direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and so whenever you're not giving it or you're like, I'm just going to be on this island. I'm just going to be in this scene. I'm just going to do this. You know, yeah. maybe there's a spark of a fire that they're making. Maybe if they're good enough. Yeah, if they're good. <laughs> you know, maybe they get a fire started, but that's far from creating a signal to get themselves. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, I like I'm pushing the metaphor so far, but no, like that not. to me that is sense. like, that to me is like the importance of having a director. Otherwise we wouldn't, we would just have actors just say, otherwise we just have AI do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, otherwise we would just like put some digital people in there and we didn't, we wouldn't need to, you know what? Directors don't need to do anything. We would right. just have AI write the script and, and, uh, um, 
like have producers just bring the elements together and uh, uh, people put some CG things in, and then just let them go and just like to have them say the words. Now there's got to be, there's, there's so much more that goes into it. That's why we need people with this clear vision. Don't get me wrong. I think Filoni has some clear vision going on. I just have no idea what's going on with the directing, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I don't, even down to, again, we, I said, Thrawn's introduction, so good. Real good. Why, why did Ezra get such a nothing of introduction? I get it. It's a simple guy. It's a simple character. It's, we don't need that much. We don't need to bring, you know, Thrawn is big and powerful and, and um, what's the word, like flourishy or whatever, you know, and, and uh, um, you know, that's not Ezra. it's a simple boy with a simple dream. That's what we want to represent, you know, but like for Sabine, is that true? Is this a big moment for her from her perspective and her point of view? Like, how should this feel? You know, how should this moment? So tell us with the shooting and the music and the way that it's framed and the, the way that we lead up to him saying his first line, you know, you know, like that, that should feel like something. Well, even with Ezra, now that you say that we've been so focused on Sabine, you've been hiding from Thrawn with turtle, I don't know, (laughs) with turtle snail people. I'm sorry that I forget what they're called for X amount of time. We know it's been like more than a year. I'm sorry. I don't know the exact time frame, but still, it's been X amount of time that you've been alone as the only human in this group of things that are nice to you. And then after all that time, you get stranded on this planet. You know, there's no way off this planet. You are never going back home. You are never seeing your friends again. And fucking Sabine just pops up. How does that not hit you? Even if you then decide to play it cool, how were you not like, holy fuck, how are you here? Like, am I, am I seeing you? Like, am I tripping? Is, are like, are you here right now? I expected the most tropey thing. Like when I saw that the camera was turning around here, I was like, oh, there's a lake there. Oh, what if he's fishing? Oh, he's going to come out of the fucking water. His hair is going to be, he's gonna, like, I've been here for like, so he's going to look disheveled or like mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe he's kind of okay. Like he doesn't know that she's there and then he's going to see her. I was expecting the most tropey thing, but instead it was just not leaning on the door. I knew you'd be here. Like, uh, <laughs> like, what is going? What is going on? And then I'm like, oh, now that you say that, did he play it cool because he did know that she was going to be here? I, is no. he connected to the force somehow? And like, yeah, maybe. I, I, I guess then maybe that could explain his nonchalantness. I don't love it, but I'll give that a second to breathe. But yeah, from 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 Sabine, the character that we've been following, that we've known her to me, main still goal. Still boring. What is it? again? Uh, my acting teacher, sorry for the language, would always say like every scene is about one of two things: blood or fucking. You know, either they really have a connection, they really want like something. There's a tension there. That's whatever. Or it's like it is so, like the relationship matters like it's it's there's it's revenge it's whatever like there's only two things that it ever boils down to how do you like make it about blood or fucking mm. right and to me this could have been about blood you know this like, could it be, to be about it could have been so much about like this connection that they've shared or whatever like even what you're saying could be like so much more interesting you know and i'm like man this is you had 20 minutes or whatever to say something and we focused on the 
yeah, it's fun for Star Wars, but the snails, you know, yeah. and I'm like, God, snails. dude, like, like we got the like the sheepish introduction of Ezra, and like it doesn't say it doesn't give us absolutely anything. No. It is just so goddamn boring that like I want just I wanted it to be elevated to to anything, absolutely anything. It could have been the most tropey thing, and I probably yeah. like that's to give me something, you know, I think about, okay. Putting in perspective of like reintroduction of people. Don't get me wrong. I understand this is supposed to be a brother sister relationship, not Mm -hmm. a romantic relationship, but think about Han Solo and princess Leia, you know, when they, when they find him and, and Jabba's, uh, Job of the Hut's hut, <laughs> Hutt's his his lair, and he pulls him out of kryptonite, and she drops the mask. She's like, "This is someone you know, like, and everything." And like the way that he's like so vulnerable, like to just be like, "What is this?" And then like he then he has to play it cool whenever yeah. he hears Jabba's voice. You know, like the palpable tension there of like of like the feeling of like finally reconnecting with someone after so long. You know, and sure, him and Luke kind of play it cool later. Yeah. Or him and Lando kind of play it cool later. It's only been a few months, but so this has mm-hmm. been years for and for someone that means we wanted to mean more to you know, like this is we have this representation in Star Wars. Like, yeah. why did you do this way? And also, I'm just questioning too now, like chemistry. Even like that's the that's the thing that like bothered me the most. It's like the chemistry is just not there. You didn't even have chemistry. Yeah, nothing. Like absolutely nothing. I would even argue that poor. Poor acting, poor direction, totally fine. Um, I can watch two bad, quote unquote, actors interact in a scene if they have chemistry. Mm-hmm. Because that means there's potential there to continue building. And you're curious about what that like draw to each other is in some mm-hmm. capacity. So, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't think Sabine has chemistry with Ahsoka. I don't think Sabine has chemistry with Ezra, who's apparently supposed to be super fucking important. It's like, you missed the base thing that you need when you higher actors which is do they have chemistry on screen oh now i'm thinking of another moment like of the (laughs) the most palpable chemistry we've seen in star wars probably uh because star wars is probably not known for its chemistry i guess but like the most one is when uh mm, mm, names of characters poe dameron and uh, like when 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 john boyega and and oscar isaac and like john uh, uh is like i haven't seen like he thought he was dead they don't know each other. And then they see each other. He grabs them by the, he's like, he's like, you're alive. You know, he's like, oh, you're wearing my jacket. And like, there's no coolness about it. They're just like, so happy to see each other. Mm-hmm. And fan fictions were, were born into the ether. <laughs> like at that moment, I heard the screams of a thousand fans <laughs> typing on their, <laughs> and then they you kiss. Know? Um, that's a star Wars reference for you. But that like, and again, here, what what <laughs> you're supposed to tell it's me? Like this you is didn't like... even have the base level of chemistry. Yeah, and then and then layer on top of that, like lack of direction and and maybe lack of like writing and storytelling. It's like, oh, you really didn't do any favors to your actors here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't like the guy that plays Ezra, and I don't. I'm gonna hold off on that because Finn. I always forget it's Finn. Finn. It's Finn. <laughs> because it's uh, as we've discussed, like likely not his fault. But I'm like, well, Ezra's not even likable. I don't even like him. I don't. I met him. I'm like, ew, I don't care about you yet. So I'm going to wait because it's not fair. I've only met him for like two minutes. But man, if a man greeted me like that after not seeing me for two years, I'd be like, stay here. 
it's also like, yeah, like what? Okay, so you're fine. So wait, I don't need you. Know, like great. he's okay. not even like, oh my, like I thought I was never going to get off this rock or anything. You know, there's not, I'm sorry. We, we can keep talking about or this like, over and I over again. I missed you. Like the, the, yeah, I don't know, whatever. So that was a lackluster moment to Didn't me. Didn't they say I miss you? At least didn't they give us that? I'm sure. No, probably not. Not in a way that I guess was Not in a way satisfactory. that was strong. Yeah. Because even is, if they said it, I didn't believe it. I mean, and when I, when we talk, I know you guys have been listening to this, <laughs> who, who, the people who have been listening to this so far, like, I know y'all come to this podcast to talk about the actual content of like the, the show and whatever. And we always go into like acting and writing and all this kind of stuff and yeah. the things that you're probably not interested in. I get it. I, I don't know, but this is the kind of stuff that, that drives us. And, you know, at the end of the day, like it's, I don't think that the creator's we're intentionally trying to be disrespectful, but for the amount of fans who have been wondering where did Ezra go, what has happened to him, who are basically supposed to be Sabine. Like Sabine is a stand-in for us as the actors and the fans who've been like trying to figure it out. Like what a slap in the face to be like, oh, you're oh, this is it? This is what we've been imagining. All the things that we imagine, all the different stuff, like you don't but it's just you're just here you you have some new boots and some uh whatever and you're amongst a tribe of like fairly nice people doesn't even seem like you've been i like all the things i was thinking i was like oh man what kind of stuff that he's been doing to thrawn's army like oh like whatever he doesn't feel like none of no, that thrawn's army looks fucked up none he of- looks like he went to burning man <laughs> But like, again, to the fans, like, I know we're bringing all this up and, but I'm trying to emphasize with you guys too, that are so frustrated with like how this portrayed. And I'm trying to put it into terms that can be understandable. You know what I'm saying? Also like two Rebels fans, did this, like, does this match their characters for some reason? Is there information I'm missing that like, oh, this does land because of the pre-existing relationship. So of course this is how they would interact. Because for me, I'm just like, this is my first introduction to Ezra. So I am not impressed at all. And I don't understand the dynamic because apparently they're supposed to be brother or sister and they act like they just saw each other at fucking Trader Joe's. So yeah, I would, I would love to hear from some Rebels fans if you, if this somehow worked for you better than it worked for me. And if not, tell us why you don't like it either because I'm I'm under the assumption that we've gotten a few comments about people who are like, that was a terrible episode or that was something that they were not expecting or whatever. And I feel like to me, the reason why we go on these long, long tangents about these things is just to, to clarify that if we can help you figure out what is the feeling again, whenever you say you're bothered by something, well, what is that? You know, how do I help you figure out like, why does it feel that way? You know, Mm -hmm. why does this feel so bad? You know, when you can't, I'm hoping that we're putting more, like we're giving you a clear indication Mm -hmm. of what we think that is, Mm -hmm. you know, without, and, and not just outright blaming like something or whatever, or the actors or whatever, because it's easy to blame actors a lot of times too. And yes, I'm guilty. I don't want that to be the thing, you know? So, um, and hopefully you, you, you were on with us on that journey, this tangent, Shannon, what do you think happens now? You know, where do we go from here? What is the, what is is there something else that might get revealed that we might be missing? Is there, you know, what is the story? You know, how does Ahsoka finally come into play? What, you know, any thoughts? 
Not good ones right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just trying to decide what I think the stakes are. Obviously, we have to get Thrawn off this planet um, and back into like our quote our galaxy, our area, if he's supposed to be the big baddie going forward. Mm-hmm. So somehow Thrawn needs to get on that little ring and leave. And then I'm hoping that somehow also includes Ahsoka and Sabine. I really don't care about Ezra, but we'll put him in there too. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, where where do we go from here? Because if Thrawn just fucks off, like, do our our main characters just wait for some space whales? Do they have to find a way to get on that ship? Like, what are my stakes? What kind of world am I playing in here? Because I'm really not quite sure other than I know Thrawn needs to get into our galaxy. Yeah. There's also no indication as like, I kind of wish, <laughs> I kind of wish there was a whole much, a, a lot, like a huge city that they were in, you know, uh, another culture, another, mm-hmm. you know, society that was just like that Ezra's been living a whole other life, you know, like what pulls him away from this, you know, like it's easy whenever it's like, Oh, I've just been living amongst some snails. I need to get back to it. I yeah. need to get back to the real world, you know, like yeah. kind of, and, and there's no um, clear, I mean, obviously, like, Sabine doesn't know Ahsoka's coming, so she knows that she has to get him back to the ship, you know, if they're going to have any chance of getting home. But that, like, is that, like, they have to know that that's not what's going to happen, that that Thrawn is not going to let them back on board, you know, that he's not going to be happy to see Ezra. Ezra has to know that Thrawn wants him dead. Yeah, so, so what, yeah, what is the plan that doesn't seem... uh, they don't feel like they're stuck here, but they know that they're going to get off this. Again, the stakes are just not palpable there. And like, of course we know that like, they're going to get off the planet. We know that Ahsoka is coming, but they don't know that, you know? And so, um, uh, again, I I don't even know that we're going to get back to the galaxy before the end of these next few episodes. Like it's probably going to be that whatever happens here is going to like defy obviously Thrawn has to get back if if he's not going to be the if he's going to be the big bad of whatever Filoni's movies that he wants to do obviously Ahsoka has to get back to and Ezra but and we have the whales so that's going to happen but I feel like everything else that's going to happen we're going to see some battles here we're going to see some uh more destruction uh we're going to see some Maybe we're going to go figure out where this power lies. Maybe when Ahsoka shows up, he's going to, she's going to run into Ezra and Sabine finally, and they're all going to go, maybe Ezra already knows where that is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's all going to culminate is getting to that place. And Thrawn is just a red herring to have gotten along the way, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is probably where this is leading, that we're going to get a lot of answers to force stuff and like lore things and, or maybe less answers. I don't know, maybe more questions, but uh, I feel like that's where that's eventually going to go, but if, um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know at this point. And it's, and what sucks is like, we, I don't, what do these characters want now? So now you got, you got it to him. Now what do you want? You know, get yeah. him back to the galaxy. Sure. But what, what now, you know, so there's no clear motivation and you, you hype this up and then you didn't give us a thing to like pay that off. In, in a way that that says what now, right? We talked about, we, we recently watched a, a, an artist talk about his writing um, uh, theories and stuff about, and how he, he, he broke down some scenes from another show of like saying like, hey, this is the character, like the best thing you can do is like 
is to constantly juggle them between uh, the mask of themselves and their real selves. And then the way that you take away things like the, you give them everything that they wanted and then take that away, you know, Mm -hmm. and this doesn't even feel like that they're going to give us everything they wanted and take it away. It just feels like you just gave them what they wanted, but now what, you know, and giving them what they wanted didn't even have the payoff of getting to enjoy the fact that they got what they wanted. Yeah. And, and what, and again, the whole point of that theory or that, that writing structure is, is like when they get what they want, they got it through being um, themselves or something. Right. And then when you take it all away, they realize being themselves sucks. They have to be the mask of themselves Mm -hmm. because that's, they're not going to ever get what they really, really want because you ripped it away from them, you know, but there's a lot of things about, writing i taught i brought out craig mason's way of doing things as well where he talked about like you are essentially like there's a lot of things that you have to do to your characters these characters have to feel this thing or do whatever and they have to get close to this but then learn that maybe their way was the better way or 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 learn that they're that there's a thesis antithesis uh, antithesis to every their thinking and stuff like that but who does this to the characters you are you're the god that does this to the characters mm-hmm. and giving and taking away you know so and I, I don't guess, know what they. I don't know what they want. I don't know what well, to give them. I don't if, know what to take away. If we're away. thinking about rebels, like Thrawn was their goal. So even though Sabine found Ezra, it, 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 I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it I guess ended I shouldn't up being, speak. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know. You don't even know what he was in. <laughs> yeah, Thrawn gets introduced halfway through Rebels. He's not like the main thing from beginning to end. You right. Know? So it's there's probably more goals than that you know yeah yeah yeah. but if if making sure thrawn didn't like destroy the galaxy was why ezra sacrificed himself in the first place now let the bands back together i guess wouldn't that be their goal also which man shoot wouldn't he be mad at her then now i'm just thinking about a different way that you could have directed the scene is like sabine's here which means that your plan did not succeed. He's like, oh, the plan succeeded, right? And she's like, yeah, it did. But no, her being here just proves that it did not succeed because now they can get back. Mm -hmm. If you got here, you can get back. Your whole deal was to take him away and to never see your family again, never see whatever. And here he's like, I just want to get back home. Like he knew that was going to eventually happen. I was like, no, that wasn't the plan. The plan was to never come back. The plan was to take him as far away from this place and either kill him, kill yourself, or um, uh, at the very least, do, do another life. Yep. He's not where they can be. They'll eventually have to do something else, which mm-hmm. is super interesting to me. Wouldn't you be mad now? You saw Sabine and like, oh, it didn't work. Because if, if you're here, that means other people can get here. And that means that we're going to have to get back somehow. And that Thrawn can also get back. Yeah. Oh man. That would be a cool thing to explore in the next episode since Sabine is really adamant about not giving him <clears> any <throat> details as to how she's here. But yeah, I just again we're we're finding where depth can be. So why depth is there not? Yeah, and often sometimes we'll bring up something and then they'll flesh it out later in like another episode, and maybe that's what we're we're feeling. Maybe but we just need to wait. But as yeah. I said an hour ago, I'm impatient. I need all the information right now. Um, Different things, I think. <laughs> that's not to say, though, again, like, I I like watching Star Wars because I enjoy being in the Star Wars universe. So even to nitpick at things, it's like I'm still enjoying this way more than Yellow Jackets. Um, 
because even in weak points, I do find it's fun to just, oh, you're in the world a little bit. But I'm sick of watching these shows and like just asking where the stakes are and why I should care. Because otherwise, I don't look forward to, I'm not like hungry to watch the show every week. It's like, oh, it's on. Yeah, let's watch it. Let's talk about it because it makes me think about some things. But like we, I come to stories for like extreme depth of character too. And I think that even if Star Wars isn't known, is more about world building and like ideology, that's totally fine. But your characters still have to like have stakes and, and again, some like emotions percolating in them. You can't just leave them as these little figurines to move around and say, ouch, my stomach or Ezra, your back, like Ahsoka, like I just, all these moments that could have depth just fall flat. And I'm like, come on, I know we're better than this. Absolutely. Ahsoka had better chemistry with Hayden uh, in terms of that felt a little stronger, you know, than this did. It's just really, really weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what do you all think? Are there any thoughts on, <laughs> on your end? I know we didn't talk so much about the details of the lore and there's not a whole bunch to parse there and I don't know what you're going to parse from this episode. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Maybe there's something more that we're not seeing. Maybe what's bothering us, you don't feel that way. And in, in the sense, I want to go on the journey with you. Please let us know what that is, what you're getting from it. And if that moment worked for you, if it didn't work for you and how we can all be on the same page of enjoying this and loving it, or I guess hating it together. I don't know. <laughs> whatever, um, whatever you want. You can email us at codependentcontent at gmail.com. You can find this on YouTube and you can comment and time timestamp those comments and and we can talk about things together and uh you can always find us on tiktok if that's where you find this and then uh uh just give us your bad takes there whatever <laughs> um sorry that's uh, that's our fans don't do that it's the people who are not fans it's the not being, fans that have um, bad takes. uh yeah <laughs> and you can also just join our discord yeah vulgarian order i'm not going to spell it there's links everywhere. Go join us on Discord. We have discussion threads. We just we're always just hanging out there. And there's at least one place where you can just be like, "Man, I agree, disagree, or I, I hate opinions. it, or whatever." Yeah. yeah, just give us the opinions, and we'll yeah. bring them in to the next episode and chat with them. You can yeah. also join us live if you want to do that. Um, in the meantime, we got two more episodes left. The penultimate episode is next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pentultimate Shannon are usually your favorite, so yeah. I'm assuming I can count on you to be there with me. Will you join me? Or are you going to tell me to fuck off and I have to come crawling back like a dog and, and just kind of be like, I'm Boken. <laughs> I'm Boken. That's cute. I was going to say I'll be arriving in the mouth of a space whale, but okay, both work, I think. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I hope to see you and I hope to see you guys there next week on Codependent Content. <laughs>